This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is going on, everyone? Game number one of 82 tonight for your Winnipeg Jets here at the Calgary Saddle Dome, and we are live counting down to puck drop tonight on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson along with Michael Remus. Going to be a fun show today. Uh, we'll have my pal Pat Steinberg from Fan 960 in Calgary jump on with us and uh, talk a little bit about both teams tonight as well as the National Hockey League overall going into night two of the regular season. And then a little later on, the big brain of Kenny Weeb, Weeb's world himself, also live with us in the press box of the Saddle Dome as the Winnipeg Jets just finish up their morning skate right now. I will say this, and I'm interested to get Ken's perspective on this. Two very different skates this morning between the Flames. The Flames didn't even look like they had half their guys out there, to be perfectly honest. There wasn't much going on. The Jets skate... Uh, and again, I'm not at a ton of the skates, but it, it seemed a lot more organized, a lot more energetic. Every player on the ice and accounted for. So we'll get Ken's reaction and um, kind of see what he thought about uh, this morning. And obviously, I believe he's down in the dressing room talking to the players right away. And uh, Kenny will join us uh, in the second hour of the program coming up right around 2 p.m. live on WST. Uh, of course, this is... Uh, Going to be a fun one tonight, getting it going. I can tell you that the Dome is uh, is chilly right now. I'm glad I brought this extra jacket uh, to wear. Um, but a lot of energy on the ice for the Winnipeg Jet for the morning, Jets for the morning skate. And I think the vibes are still very, very good coming out of the big uh, press conference yesterday announcing the seven-year dual extensions for Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck. And now it's time, as I uh, said in my video from Target in North Dakota, it's time to get on with the season and win some hockey games. We'll see if they can get it done tonight. Uh, we'll hit the cool bet lines a little later on. And I did do up a WST exclusive at cool bet for you that, uh, well, maybe you got a little Shifley in it, a little Hellebuck in it, and a Jets win. We'll tell you about that a little bit later on. Of course, uh, big thanks to uh, the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Modern Man Barbershops, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, the Winnipeg Jets, don't forget, folks, six days until we, as the WST crew, get together up in Section 316 and 317 for the first game of our four-game pack. And welcome Pierre-Luc Dubois and the LA Kings. If you want more info on that or to uh, pick up seats and join us, link is in the description of this YouTube video. Or if you're listening on the podcast, just fire up uh, winnipegsportstalk.com, click the link, and join us for um, the first game coming up next Tuesday. A big thanks to Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Nick & Nicky DQ Group, of course, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and our great friends at Little Brown Jug Brewing. Uh, all right, let's get to it. We're going to hear from Nikolai Ehlers and a little Connor Hellebuck as well before Pat Steinberg joins us here at the, uh, at the Dome up in the box. Michael Remus, what's going on? How are you? I'm feeling good, Huss. NHL hockey, it's back. Uh, we had some games yesterday. That was kind of an appetizer. That wasn't the real. There's only three games, one at a time. This is the real thing. Uh, you know, 6 p.m. Central time, it all kicks off. And then we have the Jets at 9 o'clock versus Calgary. 
so fired up. And we did get, actually, it was kind of nice. We got the, you know, Connor Bedard versus Crosby show yesterday. Really disappointing for the Penguins losing to Chicago again, finishing or starting the season the way that last season ended. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. That's why they missed the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was kind of like, I don't know what you thought of the opening faceoff where the refs like, all right, Connor, Sydney, great to have another season. Like, kind of corny but i guess it was okay the way i guess it's okay so uh, look it's here i'm checking fantasy lineups we're putting in bets i'm getting you know getting multiple tvs going with baseball playoffs too so definitely a, a fun time of year yeah i mean i didn't see uh uh basically any of that game because i was in the air did get together with uh, our old pal rick ralph last night we're gonna go to the game this evening and uh, paulie edmonds and they'll watch a bit of the vegas win um nice way to start the season for the stanley cup champs um, but yeah, I was, I, I was kind of surprised to see, I was following along the score. Pittsburgh was up and then all of a sudden three unanswered by the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and the Penguins with all that hope and Kyle Dubas and Eric Carlson lose to the Chicago Blackhawks again, not the way they wanted to start the season. Now, of course, big one, uh, big slate of games tonight, as one would expect the uh, Habs are uh, in Toronto to take on the, uh, the, the, the Leafs. And then another all-Canadian matchup right here in Calgary. Uh, and then they have Vancouver Canucks and Edmonton Oilers going at it tonight. So uh, lots of Canadian content on the dial tonight. Uh, but, of course, the focus for us is here in Winnipeg, or here in Calgary for the Winnipeg Jets. Just looking at the uh, ice right now, I can tell you that uh, David Gustafson is out doing a little bit of extra work. Um, and uh, Lorraine Brassois is out there as well. Um, so just about time to get it on Remus said, you know, it's kind of, it's good that there's a game today and I think we can get right into it because the last two days have been such a whirlwind. And I, you know, I think that considering, you know, what happened on Monday with the announcements of the, uh, the contract extensions for uh, 55 and 37, the press conference yesterday, I think it's sort of good for the team to get away from the city, get on the road for their first game and then come back for that big home opener Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. And don't forget that Plaza and the Party is going to get going at noon until uh, until 2.30. Hey, just quickly, speaking of Plaza and the Party, did you see the crowd outside Amelie Arena last night as the lightning got going on? Uh, talk about raising the bar. They had thousands of people outside the ring for that party last night. Um, hockey fans not just here in Canada ready to get the season going. Yeah, they've had those watch parties in the playoffs outside Amelie for a while, and uh, Tampa's, you know, they've done a it great job. It looked like the playoffs last yeah, night. Transforming the party. I think season opener, it is a reason to celebrate, and yeah, they're having the party in the plaza here Saturday afternoon. I'm kind of mixed on how I feel, but I think, you know, when it's got the sun out here still and it's decently warm, I mean, afternoon, bring people out, have a good time. Uh, I think that's a great idea, so... You know, I think other cities having different kind of celebrations, and we should celebrate uh, the start of the hockey season. So, again, fun time of year. All the teams kicking off. Uh, who Connor Bedard making his debut yesterday, but now we got a you know couple Canadian teams in action: Ottawa, Carolina, Toronto, Montreal, Jets, uh, Jets, Calgary, and Edmonton, Vancouver. So the you know all the Canadian teams uh, in action here. You know, uh, just as far as the Jets go, and we're going to hear from a Nikolai Ehlers and Connor Hellebuck in just a sec. Um, it, it was very interesting yesterday. I think we touched on this briefly to see how Winnipeg 
has become somewhat of the, uh, well, they're not necessarily the analytical darlings, if you will, amongst the people that, that you know, talk about it, but the models are loving the Winnipeg Jets. Jay Fresh, who predicted the Boston Bruins last year to win the President's Trophy and was about as correct as anyone's been on a prediction maybe ever, um, his model has the Winnipeg Jets winning the President's Trophy, Reem. I don't even know how to feel about that. I mean, obviously, there's some good things about this hockey club, and it starts with the guy in net, Connor Hellebuck. Um, but I was a little bit surprised. And frankly, the people that made the model were quite surprised. They they claim that it might be broken right now because the Jets are the team that projects to have the most points, if you can believe it, in this upcoming NHL season. Yeah, um, looking at Jay Fresh's model, and I don't know how much, I don't know much about making a model, but they pump in a bunch of numbers and, you know, into an equation and it spits out how many points they're going to project. And he's projecting the Jets... His model, 109, to the point where he doesn't even believe it. And Dom's model also, which has been high on the Jets for the last number of years, very high on the Jets. So when you talk about preseason expectations, I think, you know, we all feel the Jets are certainly a playoff team, especially in the poor central that has St. Louis, Nashville, Arizona, and Chicago. So it's definitely time for the Jets to you know put their foot on the gas and uh, beat up on those teams. But Jay Fresh, uh, who just hit 100K followers, uh, on Twitter, I'm a fan of his work. He tweets out all the player cards. He's got the Jets at the pre- as the president's trophy winners. And I think when you have a goalie like Connor Hellebuck, um, you know, it's an advantage over every team in the league, except for maybe like one one or two teams, perennial Vesna contender. You know, um, <laughs> you, you know, the, uh, like, I, I don't even know how to, uh, you know, we talked to Murata Tesh. And it is hilarious that Dom's model is so high on the Winnipeg Jets because I'm pretty sure he was the same guy that in the season preview called the Jets, quote, the most mid-team in the National Hockey League. Like, is that just covering both bases if they're great? Well, hey, I had this all along with the model. And if they're not great, well, I said that they were pretty average in the season preview. Yeah, I mean, I think mid. I think it depends on your definition of mid. I think mid means they're like... You know, average mid, middle of the pack team, but average they're still better than like half the other teams. Although then mid, not median, but uh, or I actually it's the same thing. So yeah, they're still better than half the teams. Us and look, I think a couple things break your way. Uh, you can you know pick up those points whether in close games or you have goalie advantage. So uh, we'll see what happens here uh, with the season going forward. But I think there's a lot of excitement. I think. All, all the questions have, not all of them have been answered, but the questions with the future of Shafley and Hellbuck, which was a cloud hanging over the future of this team, certainly answered. And I think maybe there's more buy-in now that those guys have bought in for another seven years, um, eight if you include this upcoming season, um, you know, buy-in from everyone saying, hey, you know, we have a good team. We're a good group of guys. And you're hearing fr- hearing that from them over and over. You know what, Reem, uh, listen, Obviously, we do want to hear from Nikolai Ehlers um, coming up, but maybe we'll do that before Ken comes in. And who knows, there might even be more coming up from the room uh, now that the uh, Jets morning skate has uh, pretty much finished. Just a few players doing a little bit of extra workout uh, on the uh, on the ice right now, in, uh, including, what is that, Logan Stanley, I think, or David Gustafson's out there, uh, and Declan Chisholm, uh, and Declan Chisholm as well. Um, but let's get to the, uh, the, um, the Connor Hellebuck, uh, because... You know, we heard from Mark and Connor yesterday, 
at the um, at the main press conference, but then they both did scrums a little later on, and. I'll tell you this. I mean, Hellebuck's always such an interesting, interesting guy. But this is, a, I mean, a watershed moment for him, his family, and his career. And especially when you think about everything that he had said before about solely being focused on winning a championship um, to be here committing to the Jets for the, uh, the, the potentially the rest of his career, a huge decision. And uh, here's, uh, here's Hellebuck. We'll go with number five right now. Um, this is more Hellebuck talking about the going into this season um, and beyond, you know, with the continuity of, you know, a couple star players. Here's Hellebuck on if the Jets have an advantage because of the continuity in the roster. We've been a good team. We are a good team. And we've shown that for years. And I think when you look at the league as, as a whole over the last 10 years, Winnipeg Jets are up there at the top and, and wins and, and chances at cups. So that's very very desirable. I think with these contracts, it, it helps show people around the league that not only you come here to win, but you come here to succeed as a player, as an individual. Um, our team is pretty dialed, and that leads into more guys getting dialed and more guys learning the proper way and what's going to make you feel good and play good. And I think that's what you want to be as a player. When you're coming in this league and everyone talks about becoming a pro and being a good pro, well, if you have guys in front of you that are showing you the exact way to do it, then there's no questions about it. All right, so there's Connor Halibut on uh, his level of excitement. I I mean, I think longtime listeners know. I'm uh, As much as I love him as a player and what he does for the Jets on the ice, um, He's an absolute dream to interview because he always, he always, listen, there's no filter on him. He says exactly what he believes and what he feels and has some of the most interesting answers that you'll find around the National Hockey League and not too many Connor Hellebucks out there. Um, here's another interesting one as it pertains to the contract overall. Hellebuck talked uh, about when it sunk in for him about just how much the Jets believed in him. You know, you got to gather a ton of information when you're in the shoes I am. And after gathering all that information, I had a good talk with Chevy before camp and and how how much he wanted to win and what he was willing to do to win. And I think those are important conversations to have because a guy could feel that way, and if he never says it, you just don't know. And then your mind starts to wander. So really putting those words down on paper, it's... It means a lot because when I'm putting all that work in the summer and I'm grinding and I'm putting my body in the line every day, you want to see everyone else doing the exact same. And it's not just in the locker room. It takes a whole organization to win a cup, and that's why they give away those Stanley Cup rings to everyone because it does take everyone. It takes a whole organization. It takes everyone off off the ice and the media and the, um, the medical staff. It takes everyone. So when you know, you know everyone around you feels the exact same way you do, you, you know you're going to succeed. There's Connor Hellebuck, uh, a little bit more post uh, signing his seven-year extension yesterday for uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, here's one more from Helly, just uh, his emotions after uh, inking the big deal yesterday. You know, there's definitely some excitement. I, I like to try to keep my emotions under me so you're not going to see me get too high, too low. But like I said, there's there's times where you need to let those emotions out and you need to get high and you need to feel what it's like up there. So inside, I'm up there. Um, I might not be showing it, but inside I'm up there and I'm really 
I'm enjoying this, and this is a start for an amazing next, well, eight years, but another seven years on top of that to uh, to the career, and hopefully we can bring a cup home for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, there's one more from uh, from Helly, and here's on, uh, you know, I guess that's potentially taking a hometown discount, if you will, on uh, you know trying to help your team to win in a cap world. Yeah, and, and that's the tough game that you that we play, the business side of it, where do you really want to chase money or do you want to chase a cup? And, you know, there's a lot of risks that go into playing a season and hitting the free market. You just never know what the cap's going to do. You never know what the, the needs are around the league. And that's where you just try to gather as much information as you can so you can make the best decision that you can. Um, that being said, I think our, our contracts are good enough for us to keep a good team around us. Um, that's probably a really good question to ask Chevy, and I encourage you to ask that because that's going to be really projecting the future, and right now I'm kind of living in the moment and enjoying what we just did. Well, there you have it. I mean, the uh, the most quotable individual on the Winnipeg Jets, and he'll be uh, dropping those quotes for eight years, seven beyond this one, and of course this one gets going tonight for your Winnipeg Jets. We're going to um, kind of break this all down, talk about both sides of the ice tonight with Pat Steinberg of uh, Flames Radio and Sportsnet 960, the fan, coming up in a few minutes, and then uh, we'll have Kenny Weave jump on with us as well after Pat comes on. Rima, let me ask you this, and I don't know whether I'm just still buzzing from your phone call while I was coming back from Minneapolis on Monday, but I I, I was really, you know, through the preseason, I, I, I didn't know what to expect from this club, and I guess, I mean, I don't know whether I should know anymore. I just have to... Talking with everybody, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts as well as to where we are right now, um, where you are right now on your expectations. Has it changed at all just with the way that these teams seem to come together? And, of course, what I think a lot of people thought was the biggest story of this entire season being what is going to happen to the two of the most important players on the club being uh, completely erased. Yeah, I think my expectations for this season have been pretty unchanged. Uh, I think, you know, those I think they're going to have a good chance of finishing similar to last year. But as far as the future uh, completely changed, I think the future was completely unknown. I mean, yeah, you can say, oh, you know, let, you know, get rid of Hellebuck, get rid of Shafley, you know, but who are you going to replace them with? And how are you going to compete if you're trying to, you know, they say they're trying to ice a competitive team. How are you going to replace Mark Shafley's 40 goals? Um, They're not, you know, they have such a hard time uh, signing free agents. You'd have to, you know, make, what do you make a trade for that kind of player or, or, I mean, they don't have one waiting in the wings to directly replace them. So they kind of needed those guys. And I think they needed each other. Uh, those guys needed the jets to offer them uh, these huge contracts. Cause I don't, I mean, may, I'm sure they could have got it from someone, but do you really want to wait and see what's behind door number two? Or are you going to take the sure thing right now? We saw what happened with John Klingberg. Do you want to end up like John Klingberg where he declined seven by seven from the stars and then fires his agent and takes like a one-year deal. Like, do you want to end up like that? And the answer is no. So look, if someone says, "Hey, here's uh, 8.5 million for seven years," you say yes. You don't because, like, how much more do you? How much more more could they have really? Could they have really gotten? Uh, and I think they're comfortable with the situations here. Uh, they like Winnipeg. They like their teammates. I think it was almost. I don't want to say it's no brainer, but. I mean, I think it was an easy, it turned out to be an easy yes. And I'm sure they had was probably some convincing by the Jets side saying, hey, you know, we want you here. We're going to build, uh, build a winner here. We've got these guys coming. 
I don't know what they have down the road in terms of addressing the defense, which we've been talking about uh, for a year and a half. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens. But I thought it was great that um, they committed to each other for another seven. Yeah, I, and listen, I, I think that it means more in Winnipeg um, than it does in a lot of other markets. Although, and we're going to talk to Pat right away, I mean, they're going through a similar situation right now with the future of Elias Lindholm. And that isn't, um, I mean, there's no clarity on where that's going to go. And I guarantee that's going to be a big story for the player, for the team, until something happens one way or the other. So, I mean, it's big for big for the team right now in the present. I mean, it, it also is a big statement. I mean, you know, to the rest of the league that, yeah, guys do like playing here. Um, the team has been successful in keeping guys here. And, yeah, people get freaked out about the winters and whatnot. I get it. Um, as long as no trade and no move clauses are uh, rampant in the National Hockey League, Winnipeg is going to have a very difficult time trading for players, never mind signing them as free agents. So drafting, as they did with Hellebuck and Shifley, developing them, as they did with both, and extending them, um, you know, really is in a lot of ways the the best path forward, I think, for the Winnipeg Jets. And, um, you know, obviously this is going to be... Uh, We'll always remember the start of this season for, you know, what happened on Thanksgiving Monday. Um, and now we'll see how it all shakes out. But, um, you know, listen, these are long contracts. Um, you know, we'll, who knows how things will go from year to year and how they will end up. But right now, I don't think there's any question that the Winnipeg Jets are in a much, much better place after signing those deals. And uh, I can tell you there was a lot of energy on the ice for the morning skate. It was a longer morning skate than normal. Uh, there was a lot of chatter, Hellebuck in particular. I mean, he's fighting all of his teammates in practice, you know, not wanting to let anything in. And it seems like they're ready to go tonight after sort of a, a meh a preseason, although really this is the first time we're going to see this entire team together at once with Nikolai Ehlers in. And um, Pat Steimer is going to jump on with us in just a second. And uh, we'll hear from Nikolai maybe a little bit just before uh, we bring in Weber coming up. All right, listen, uh, before... We bring in Pat. Do you want to give a shout out to our friends at Modern Man Barbershops now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including their newest locations on either Pemina Highway or Plessy Road? Fellas, Modern Man Barbershops got you covered with uh, pretty much everything you'd need. Haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. You can book your look and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com. And give them a follow on Instagram as well over at Modern Man Barbershops. Uh, well, I can tell you pretty much unequivocally that pool season is over. Back in the peg, if you are thinking about a pool for next year, though, talk to the experts at Aquatech. What you might not have known, though, is whole home renovations start with Aquatech as well. With thousands of renos as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about whole home renovations, including financing options. Um, some clarity with Shifley. And Connor Hellebuck is the uh, batteries of this Winnipeg Jets team. Well, we know that our friends at Manitoba Battery have been uh, powering Manitobans through another great summer with the uh, batteries of all shapes and sizes for everything that uh, you got into your summer fun. Now, though, it's time to get ready for winter. If you do need to test your battery to see how you're looking, of course, you can pop by 1026 Logan Avenue and do that with Donnie and his great staff there. Or... Get the best prices in town. Shop local and don't even leave your home. Manitoba Battery will deliver any purchase over $60 for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg. 
And as I mentioned, beating the pants off the big box stores on price, shopping local. There's only one spot if you need batteries, and that is Manitoba Battery. Give them a call, 783-8787. Order online at manitobabattery.com or pop by and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. And, uh, hey, big cheers. I know there was probably some toasting of Jet fans on Monday night after Thanksgiving dinner with a little Canadian club. Of course, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, official spirit of WST, and, of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What a game on Friday night. Uh, but if you're uh, getting ready for the uh, opening weekend, pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Of course, one more Bomber game. Will you be able to uh, enjoy all the great taste of Canadian club throughout IG Field? And don't forget, pre-mixed CC and ginger cocktails in 473 milliliter cans available at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And, of course your local beer vendor as well. All right. Let's uh, welcome in live in person. How many times did we do shows together? And I think this is the first time I've ever actually been with you on a microphone. Just pop in here. In person. Oh, do we have enough room? Oh, we've What's got it. We've got What's enough room. We've got enough room. Look at this. We've got a nice little background here as well. Oh, look at that. Let me just see if we can get yeah. Pat in the uh, pick look a little bit more. What's going on? It's Pat see us. Yeah. Fan 960. How are we doing? We're doing well. I got to tell you, there's a great vibe around the Winnipeg Jets after the last yeah, few days. Yeah, I bet days. there is. I bet there is. That, uh, how did, okay, be honest, when you, did you have any inkling that was coming? Absolutely none. Absolutely none. I mean, I knew that, and let's backtrack to the summer. I mean, all we had been told by people in the know, and listen, I don't doubt that at that time, that was the situation. It was unlikely Hellebuck was re-signing. They were talking to other teams about trades. Um, and, you know, I heard Elliot Friedman speak yesterday. He said that, um, you know, there was, you know, a bit of a disconnect at times over the last couple of years between Mark Shifley and the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, the, the, the time, and I, and I remember, you know, Elliot say that, you know, this is, you know, basically post-draft, that they were going to let this breathe for a little bit, give it a little bit of time. And I, listen, I'm not sure that it has anything to do or it's tied at all with sort of a, moving on and leadership of the team and Blake Wheeler being bought out and moving on. But I think a little bit of time, not only to gauge the market around the league for those players, yep. both not only in trade for the Winnipeg Jets, but also what might be out there in contracts for those players. I think that time through the summer gave everybody a chance to maybe reevaluate the situation and realize that, you know, maybe the grass isn't greener elsewhere i'll be honest though dude i am so stunned that both of the players were signed in the fashion that they did and to do it with identical deals these guys have different agents they play different positions i mean it's very difficult to compare i mean you're like the Kane and taves they were sort of the leaders of this club they've done it they signed the identical deals i mean this one came in a lot of ways out of nowhere i thought it was more likely that the jets would do what they could do to you know sign hellebuck but um you know bringing mark shifley back for those seven years i think with uh, maybe a new attitude and atmosphere around the club um it's huge for a small canadian market to get oh this done. absolutely what, what was let me ask you this in calgary here because you know i think we can make some similar some uh, you know comparisons between calgary 
Ottawa, Winnipeg, smaller Edmonton, Canadian markets yep. that have a tough time. Edmonton, a bit of a different situation. Yeah, though, they've got they've got those two guys, yeah. which people want to play there with them for sure, exactly. for sure. And that changes it. But normally, uh, you know, that's the case. Unless in Vancouver and Toronto, Montreal, kind of bigger markets, maybe they have a little bit of an easier time doing it. But um, from from your perspective, like, what was your reaction first of all? When, well, first uh, you of got the, the news. Number one. Nobody had it. Like, it's not like we had, oh, hearing this is happening, Frank and Elliot and Dreger. Like, nobody nobody had it. So you have that, and then all of a sudden, I just get an email forwarded to me from Sportsnet, and it's, oh, uh, there you go. The Jets have signed both of them to seven-year deals. At eight. Like, nobody saw it coming. So that would be number one. And then number two, the first thing that I thought of was, huh, I just – I wonder if something similar happens with the Flames in their situation because you know they, they they've got they've got two players in particular in Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin who are really huge parts of this team's core, big parts of this team's future if they end up signing, and really huge trade chips if they don't. And we've kind of been in a similar limbo situation here in Calgary with those players. There are others, but in terms of importance those would kind of be the two that would be comparable to Shifley and, and Hellebuck. So I just thought to myself, I wonder if at some point we get news about, oh, you know what? Elias Lindholm has signed eight times eight and a half, eight times nine, seven times whatever, something like that. Now, it's not going to happen in time for the start of the season, but if it does happen, I just wonder if it's kind of similar in that it there's no real indications it's coming there's no real knocks on the door i i wonder if it come happens in a similar fashion and the other thing that i thought of and a lot of people in this market thought of is okay shifley just signed for seven at eight and a half he is what one year older than lindholm he was the draft before he's elias lindholm right yeah he's when was shifley was 2011 was that the draft 2011 yeah. okay and so lindholm was 2013 so two years between them is lindholm a uh, significantly better player than Shifley? Like, does he need to be Horvat's eight and a half, Dubois at eight and a half, and now Shifley's at eight and a half? That kind of helps Calgary in their leverage because I would put Lindholm right in that mix. I don't think he is markedly better than any of those three guys. So at eight and a half on an eight year deal, if you want to make it a little bit more to go eight years, so it's a eight seven five. I guess I can understand that, but I thought it might help Calgary in terms of their leverage in getting a deal done with Lindholm. Well, I, you know what, I, I I thought of that as well, and I mean, you know, listen, all summer long we've talked about two potential trade bait um, centers, you know, on the market. I mean, those are the guys we were talking about: Mark Shifley and Elias Lindholm. And I think, I mean, listen, I'll give the nod to Lindholm because. Uh, I think, you know, in both ends, he's a more complete player. I mean, Mark is an incredible offensively. You know, he does have some defensive shortcomings that I'm sure the coaches in the organization hope that they might be able to get a little bit more out of him there. Now that, you know, the contract is signed. It's about going and helping your team and winning hockey games right now. I mean, there's no more business to be done. The business is going to take place on the ice. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, we were talking about in Boston, of course, was the team that everyone had been mentioning or linking both of those players to because of the fact that they just lost Bergeron and they just lost Krejci. I mean, I think that Lindholm, the style of player, probably fit better in with Boston. But again, you know, number one centers are hard to find. And this is 
this is something that we've talked quite about, um, you know, on the program when, you know, at, at times, I mean, the, the season ended poorly for Mark in the last two years. Yes. Which is, I think, is why this was maybe so surprising. I think it was more likely for Hellebuck. But as we've said, I think there was probably some soul searching, probably some real, real hard conversations that ended up being great conversations because of what they ended to as far as what they were looking for, what they expected and and, you know, what they will be expecting when you commit to a player like that. Lindholm now here in Calgary being the number one center, similar to Mark, like you can say, okay, we're going to go and trade for a few pieces. What the hell happens to your top line in your number one center position if Mark Scheifele's gone in Winnipeg and with Elias Lindholm? And certainly it gives them some bargaining power, but it also makes it probably that much more difficult to make a deal. And listen, the Calgary Flames have high hopes, and we'll kind of get into that uh, in a minute with, you know, the changeover in management, this is a team that's just a year removed from being one of the top teams in the West and obviously had a very, very disappointing season last year. Elias Lindholm was a big, big part of that. And I think like if they got to the point where they're moving off of him, it kind of it would indicate a change in direction for the expectations within that room and within the organization of winning hockey games and being a playoff team. Yeah, and it's it'll be really interesting to see. So, first of all, I, I still think they're going to continue to engage and, and see if they can get something done. And if we're talking about Lindholm in particular, I think they're going to try to continue to get something done and see if they can work something out. But if it becomes apparent as you're into November, December, that something is, is not happening or it's not moving in the right direction... I think you've got a really interesting trade chip between now and the trade deadline because his contract is as such at less than $5 million on one oh, yeah. with, with one year left. And I, I think that you would have every team going to the playoffs trying to figure out if they could bring him in because if he's not a number one center on your team, he sure as heck is a, a really good number two center that is going to be able to give you a lot of two-way minutes. He's a Selkie Trophy guy every year in that conversation. So, you know, I, I think they've got some options and I understand them wanting to try to get him signed because... This organization, you know, you've since since the Jets have come back uh, for the last ten plus years, they have not had the search for a number one center like the Flames have had for the last twenty five years since since they traded Joe Newendike. They haven't had that guy, and Lindholm is the best guy they've had in those two and a half decades to be a number one center. So I think organizationally, they say to themselves, "Geez, like you were saying, if we trade Elias." Do we have a chance at at winning the trade? And are we better off in making a deal and maybe taking some risk at the back end of a contract? But is that the better option? And it's why I think they're still very committed to try to get something done. Pat, you know, Pat Steinberg of Sports at 960 with this here live at the Saddle. Don't get ready for the opening game of the season tonight between the, uh, the Flames and the Jets. Uh, all summer long, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets and management, Kevin Chevaldeoff in particular, has been pretty adamant that they were looking to win. I mean, they're not looking to blow this thing up. They're not looking for a rebuild. They believe in the guys they have. I'm very happy with the return in the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade and feel that they can go forward. And that was a big part of the you know uh, the conversations of, well, we're not just looking to get rid of Mark Scheifele or Connor Hellebuck. Um, going into the year, what the concern was, I think, amongst the fan base would that be the Jets would be good enough to be a playoff team, maybe not a legit Stanley Cup contender. And then at the end of the year, 
you'd be left with nothing to show right. for two very important assets. And we know how much more difficult it maybe is for Winnipeg to get free agents and sometimes to get players in trade because of no moves. That happened the year before in Calgary. It did. What 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 has been the aftermath of the Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk sagas? I mean, we certainly saw that happen on the ice last year. I think there was a lot more to it. But, I mean, you were as close to this organization as any. How damaging was that to the Flames? And, and how much is all of that playing into Craig Conroy's new general manager's head when thinking about players like Hanovan and Lindholm uh, at this point? Well, I definitely think that there is uh, a lot of that that plays into their headset because Craig was part of the management group that, that saw Johnny walk for nothing and that, that saw them make the Matthew Kachuk trade. And so I, I think he absolutely understands that there are certain players that you can't just lose for nothing. And I think I think Lindholm and Hannafin are the two. I think you've got, they, they already made the tra- Tyler Toffoli trade. They re-signed Michael Backlund. So yeah, there's Chris Tanev and they have to figure that out there. There's Nikita Zadorov. They have to figure that out. But with Lindholm, uh, number one center on this team and one of the top two-way centers in the NHL, and Noah Hannafin, who could play on any team's top two pairings on all 32 teams in this league and who's 26 years old, you've got you've got two really good assets, and they know they can't just lose those guys for nothing. And I think the Johnny Gaudreau lesson was, is, is very much in Craig's head. And so as difficult as it might be, like you said, if they're having a good year and it's trade deadline time, I absolutely think that if they're not signed, he'd be willing to make a move. And I look back to the Matt Duchesne trade that Colorado made, um, and they made it with, remember when they got Ottawa and Nashville involved, and, and yeah. Joe Sackick at the time slow played that and, and was very, very adamant that he was not going to bend over and, and bend over backwards just to um, placate Duchesne. He was like, no, no, we're going to make sure that we get the right deal and we get the right return. And he ended up playing it brilliantly and got more than anybody thought he was going to because he slow played it. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen exactly the same way in Craig Conroy's situation, but I think him being patient is being a real asset for him because it gives him the opportunity to wait into the season and maybe somebody gets injured and maybe somebody gets desperate and all of a sudden they need a blue liner and they don't have a contract signed with Hannafin. Bam, you can make a deal. So um, I, I think that plays into their head I think the I think the damage that it did for the organization is it hurt them a little bit reputation wise and they're they're starting to build that back up and and having a new general manager having a new head coach helps in that for sure and now it, it, the, the the most important thing that I don't think we've underlined enough in this market and we've underlined it a lot is that Get off to a good start and have a good first couple months of the season. Be in the playoff mix. Be a tough team to play against. Be a team that everybody thought they were going to be last year, and that helps everything. It helps in trying to convince players to re-sign. If they still don't want to re-sign, it helps with their trade value. If guys want to be dealt, it helps them move somewhere else. So it just there, there's nothing bad about it future-wise if they get off to a good start, and it sounds like that's a, a real focus for the group this year, and understand so. You know, just going back to uh, to, to the Johnny Gaudreau, um, it really did seem like they got completely blindsided by that. I mean, it they literally did everything that they were asked of and then had the carpet pulled out on them on the, uh, on the last minute. And, you know, that's unfortunate because I think that they were 
you know, it's one thing if, if someone says, listen, I'm not signing, but that never happened. And when you get burned like that, I think it definitely changes the way you handle things going forward. And listen, for Kevin Sheveldayoff, famously patient, waited this thing out throughout the summer, and I think did better with those deals than anyone could have imagined. Um, it is new management. You mentioned Craig did have a piece of that. Yep. Um, that's not something that will ever be forgotten. And I imagine that's a big, big part that will be driving them in their conversations, maybe even earlier in the season to get this done or at least get clarity on it. 100%. And I think that's the big word, clarity. Because, you know, the, the only thing they could have done better on the Johnny Gaudreau front is get something done a year prior. And they were engaged in talks and they were close the year prior before he went off for 115 points. They were close to a deal, but for whatever reason, it didn't get up, end up getting done. And, and that's the only area that you could be really critical about the Flames and their approach. After that, yeah, they, they did everything right. They had an eight times ten and a half on the table for him. He agreed and said he was going to sign and then 15, 20 minutes later changed his mind and then went to free agency and obviously now is a member of the Blue Jackets. What does so- that cost him? Well, it cost him a year, so $10.5 million plus the haircut on each of the other years, so probably cost him like uh, upwards of yeah, like $15 million ish <laughs> when it's all said and done, which good on him, and, and it's it seems like he's really happy in Columbus, and, and we'll see where that Blue Jackets team goes. He didn't do anything wrong. You're fully entitled to use every minute you have as an unrestricted free agent, and, and he used a lot of them, but I think what it did is I think it, it pushes the flame to need more clarity and pushes the Flames to not get caught in a situation like that again and to go out of their way to not get caught in a situation like that. And I I do think that is fresh on everybody's minds. I think it, it remains something in the front of Craig Conroy's mind. And it's why, yes, they've been patient, but it's why they continue to engage with these players and see if deals can be done. And at some point, I think they'll be willing to make a call that, yeah, you know what? I just don't think this is going to happen. I don't think we're making enough progress. Let's transition to trade mode and and see what type of things are out there once the season is underway. Because they, it's not like they weren't talking trade in the off season. They just weren't getting really, um, really solid offers. And and Hannafin was the guy that I think that was maybe the biggest trade target for other teams in the offseason, but they never, everybody knew Calgary's situation, so there weren't going to be a lot of sexy offers out there well, for and that, I mean, you know, talking to some people, I mean, apparently what was sort of thrown at the Jets for a, a player like Hellebuck, I mean, was almost laughable. And that and, is very similar with the Flames. And here's the thing, though, if that is the case, and that's what that trade value is, like, I think that maybe resonated within the players and the agents that said, guys, like, it's just not automatic. You don't just get an eight-figure-a-year deal for yep. max term just because you're going to free agency. Um, and especially if you look ahead to the free agents class of next season, um, you know, we'll see how many guys get signed. And we've got a couple guys that have been taken off the board already. But, um, you know, there, there's not a lot of guarantees except when you put your name on the dotted line. Um, this was, I mean, obviously for us in Winnipeg, Hellebuck, Shifley, where the team is going was the number one topic all season long. And the Jets now drop the puck with players in that room, knowing that two of their most important guys have committed their long term. I think that there's so many tangible benefits on and off the ice for it. How big of a, how big of a story, how big of like, will Lindholm and Hannafin's situation be somewhat of a cloud for the Calgary flames? And, um, 
how big of a job is for the new coach and the new general manager to um, maybe have that not be the case and impact them, uh, whether it be on the ice or, you know, off? Yeah, I, I think that it's definitely something that at least on the outside is going to hang over the team until there is some clarity. And I I think inside that room, there it, it's pretty okay. Like, I don't think it's a big thing. I think everybody understands the situation. And part of that is because, you know, there's no animosity. It's not a it's not a contentious thing. It's not like Hannafin's like, oh, I haven't been signed or been traded. I don't want to be here. None of these guys don't want to be here. It's just that they may not be looking to stay beyond their contract and they may not be in a situation where they're prepared to commit long term for a guy like Noah he may want to play south of the border he's an American guy northeast American guy Boston guy and I think there there is a desire in some form for him to play south of the border which isn't him not wanting to be here it's not him hating Calgary it's not him him hating the oldest building in the NHL it's just hey you know what I I, I might when I become an unrestricted free agent, I might want to call my shot and, and play closer to home. And he is very, very within his rights to think that. And and with Lindholm, I, I think it's a little bit different. I think it's more about what type of dollar figure and, and not in a not in a like I'm holding out for every last single penny, but it's like are they going to pay me what I feel I deserve and, and pay me like one of the top two-way centers in the NHL, or can I get something similar if I go to unrestricted free agency? They've got Tanev, they've got Zadorov, they've got those two to figure out as well, but um, yeah, I, I think that the the clarity piece is really important, and I think if, if they don't get clarity at a certain time, they're willing to go another direction, but yeah, I think it's something that is going to hang over them, and I think it's something that we're going to be talking about off and on throughout the season. I just don't get the sense that it's a big deal inside that room, at least not right now. All of a sudden, if they're struggling and it's a rough start to the season, I can see that changing uh, pretty quickly, however. Um, what the, we're kind of talking about the vibe with the Jets and how everything sort of changed or got a heck of a lot better on Monday. Um What's it been like around the Flames? I mean, uh, is everyone in a much better mood because Daryl's not here anymore? I mean, it, it is a different vibe. And, you know, Daryl Sutter's approach, Daryl Sutter's style of coaching is very successful. He is a two-time Stanley yeah. Cup winner. He'll go to the Hall of Fame and, and deservedly so. But it got a little stale last year and, and maybe got stale more quickly than the flames anticipated it too. obviously because they signed him to a, uh, they signed him to an eight year contract. Uh, sorry, not an eight year, a two year, $8 million contract. So it obviously got stale quicker than they were expecting it to, but it was a negative year last year. It was a miserable year last year. Huss. Like it was awful being around the rink. The, the players weren't happy. Uh, it just was not the type of year that, that, really allowed anything but a change and it became very obvious at year-end meetings that they needed to make a change and part of what the problem was last year is that there was a dark cloud hanging over the team and so by making that change that dark cloud has kind of dissipated and then you bring in Craig Conroy as the GM and then you bring in Ryan Huska as the head coach and there's they're two guys that just exude positivity and Craig is 
always exuding enthusiasm. And and Huska is a positive guy. He's he's not afraid to be critical. He's not afraid to be hard on his players. But he generally comes at things from a positive reinforcement angle. And so just those things alone have made it a more upbeat and more kind of friendly, happier vibe around here. And it is very, very noticeable, very, very palatable. And then you throw on top of the fact Jonathan Huberto is way more comfortable this year than he was a year ago. Same with Nazem Kadri. Same with Mackenzie Weger. You've got guys who are motivated to change the narrative. They don't believe that what happened last year is what this team is. You've got individuals looking for bounce backs. I mean, even Jacob Markstrom, who was a very uh, surly gentleman uh, at a lot of points last year, he's got a, a different demeanor to him, and he looks more refreshed, and he looks more ready to go and ready to bounce back. So for a number of different reasons, there should be a different vibe, and you can definitely pick up that there is a different vibe around here. Um, Pat, what, um, what do you think of the Jets going into this season? I think that they, well, first of all, they're more settled than the Flames, no doubt about it, with what happened on Monday. But I think that they are very similar teams, and I could see it being very similar to last year where Winnipeg and Calgary are fighting it out in that wild card conversation once again. Because both teams have, especially if Jacob Markstrom bounces back, both teams, I think you're confident in net if you get what you're paying for, if you get what the expectations are. And both teams pretty deep on defense, especially in the top four. Uh, both teams really like their top two pairings on defense and they've got a decent amount of depth at forward, but neither team has that game breaker. Neither team has that guy who is going to take over a hockey game on one shift. And, and I know that lots of teams don't have that, but you take a look around the Western Conference, whether it's Edmonton or Colorado, it feels like Elias Pettersson's turning into that in Vancouver. Uh, and, and they don't have, neither of the teams have that elite game breaker, right? So I think they're, Calgary and Winnipeg mirror each other a lot. And my biggest question is, is I think that you, you know that Winnipeg's going to be competitive, but are they going to score enough to be a higher higher end team? And that's the exact same question I have with the Flames. You know they'll be competitive, but do they have the offense to be a higher end team this year? I'm I'm so I think Winnipeg's competitive. I think they should be at at the very worst a bubble playoff team. And I look at them and with Rick Bonus in year two. I think they should be a playoff team and, and should be fighting for one of the three spots in the Central. Oh, we were looking at the Jay Fresh uh, projection. I know number uh, one. President's <laughs> Trophy. I was not expecting President's that. Trophy, I was not, you know what? It's the analytics rub-off hey, from he, the signing Shifley and Hellebuck. He did nail Boston last year with the President's he Trophy. He did. And, I mean, he didn't just nail it. I mean, they smashed records doing it. So, uh I'm all of a sudden a big proponent of the Jay Fresh model. Of uh, I saw it and I was up. like, okay, all right, okay. Like he's he is he's got a very good hit rate. So I was like, okay, uh, I'm I'm you've got my attention. <laughs> Here's one thing, um, you know, when you compare Winnipeg and Calgary, um, that I think plays into the Jets' favor more than the Flames. Um, for a long time, the Jets were in the toughest neighborhood in the league in that Central Division. Yep, that's not the case anymore. But the Pacific seems to be incredibly competitive with some. Well, you've got the Stanley Cup champs. You got five. Like, there's like five teams, and then there's like San Jose is going to be awful. 
Anaheim's going to be awful. So there's a couple of also ran. I mean, I guess Chicago's in the central. So you've got there, there's some also rans in both divisions. But yeah, Seattle made the playoffs last year, won a round. Vancouver, everybody thinks is going to be better. I'm not convinced. Me but neither. A lot of people seem to think Vancouver's going to be better. A lot of people convinced that Calgary's going to be better. And then you've got the heavies with Edmonton and Vegas. And I. I don't know. I guess I should buy Los Angeles more than I do. They've made the playoffs the last two years in triple digits. I just still don't buy their goaltending, and I still think that they're kind of a, a middle-of-the-road team, but they've been a playoff team the last two years, too. So, yeah, you got five teams, six teams in this division that, that should be competitive. It feels like a tougher division once again. Hey, um, speaking of L.A. for a minute, I mean, uh, you know, you've been doing this for uh, for a long time here in Calgary. You're in the division. You see a lot of the Kings. Um just a quick thought on the return the Jets got for Pierre-Luc Dubois and the guys that will be making their Jet debut tonight in Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iafalo, and Rasmus Kapari. Okay, so I, I really, Iafalo is a lot of fun to watch. He just is a, a straight, like he's just a straight up, straight lines player that you always know what you're going to get. He's got a really decent shot. I always enjoyed watching Iafalo. Um, Velarde is maybe the most interesting one to me because you go back to his draft year, Gabe Velarde was supposed to be one of the most talented players in that draft he went a little bit later than perhaps he was supposed to but he's he's really turned into a player and they started to use him last year in los angeles for as more of a scoring threat they started to put him in more high leverage situations and he started to turn into more of a high leverage player i think he's the guy that i look for most and he's the guy that i point to most and say you know that that that's going to be the guy who pops the most for jets fans and kapari's just a uh a really solid um, kind of meat and potatoes. You know what you're going to get. I, I think I think bottom six NHLer, but effective bottom six NHLer. So you got a whole lot deeper, and you got a couple of guys that I think will be really solid contributors in Iafalo and especially Velarde in in PLD. As as, as you know, you you get some really good stretches from him where he looks like a beast, and you're like, damn, this guy's our number one center. And then all of a sudden, you get, yeah, you, for for games and weeks at a time, you're like, where is this guy? And so I don't think you're going to have any of those worries with the new players. I don't think you're going to get the high end that Dubois gave you, but I think you're going to get more consistency across the board. And and when you get a little bit deeper and you still have players like Shifley and Ehlers and Connor, I I think that in the long run, the Jets actually did pretty well on that. You know, um, you know, and we'll see this line tonight. I mean, Velarde can play center. They're going to give Cole Perfetti the first crack at that number two C spot vacated by now we refer to him as P.L. Dubois. That's how we like P.L. Dubois. Okay. Um, But Velarde on the top line. I'm going to get into this with Kenny in a minute. Um, Like, listen, Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, all world offensive players, will never be confused for Selkie candidates. Yep. Velarde, though, I mean, we've already seen it in the preseason. I mean, he has a knack, a defensive knack, an acumen that I think can maybe really, really help that line and help those players mm-hmm. as well. Um, because, listen, it's great if you score three, but if you're giving up four, you're probably not winning the game. And, listen, that wasn't always the case. It's an exaggeration. But the ability for Velarde to not only be able to finish and, you know, help uh, uh, create offensively and in the best opportunity with the best players that he has ever been with, um, but also to maybe help 
Connor Hellebuck a little bit at the back. I mean, yep. that is certainly something. And, you know, I know there's a lot of folks that have said, well, you know, the Jets just kind of running it back the same thing. You know, if you look at if you look at the forward group, and obviously the defense core is the same. Billy Hanel would have been in the lineup tonight if he didn't break his ankle. In the yeah, last that was a real game. loss. Really sad for him, but we'll see him back later on this season. But for everyone that said this is just sort of the same team, I mean, if you had the three guys from the Kings, Blake Wheeler's gone, Pierre-Luc Dubois is gone, not to mention Nito Niederreiter coming over and Vlad Nemetsnikov. I mean, five of the of the 12 Jet forwards tonight were not Winnipeg Jets on the 1st of March. So we have seen that turnover, and I'm kind of with you. I think that they are certainly a deeper team right now. We'll see whether they can get that scoring. And, um, and hey, you know what? There's a lot of different ways to win hockey games. I mean, it's not a bad thing. If you're just a better defensive team, you might score a little less. But if you're coming out on the right end, it uh, should be. Um, who you got winning the cup? Oh, not Edmonton. Uh, I am <laughs> yeah. going yeah, to say, say no. Here. Definitely, I, I saw all those Sportsnet picks. I said no. I can't. I don't. I don't need to see that. I am going to say, you know what? I I really like the way things are trending with Colorado. I know that they. I know that they they they've had to get a little bit tighter with some of their cap situations. But I'll, I'll say Colorado goes back there this year. Uh, if you had to put a nickel on either New Jersey or Carolina. Who has a better, who finishes deeper in the playoffs, I guess. Regular season, they'll both be in the playoffs. They'll both do very well. I'm going to say New Jersey. I think this is the year that Jack Hughes goes from being a superstar to a superstar and, and happens in the postseason. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say Eastern Conference Finals for the New Jersey Devils. I'm, I'm a believer. Funny thing about those two teams, and certainly this goes back. Now, Carolina, I think, has a great young goalie, and they've got maybe a little bit more in net. Huge question about New Jersey. Um, you know, is will they be able to get that goaltending? But uh, holy smokes, Jack Hughes has turned into. Uh, I wasn't sold on him as the number. I mean, I knew he was going to be the number one pick, but I didn't know that he would turn into the guy he is right now. But I mean, he's a straight up stud, and I mean, a top five player in the league probably yep. right now. Oh, absolutely, without question, and maybe one of the top two or three most exciting players to watch as well. Pat, this has been awesome, man. Thanks so much for doing this coming up, uh, helping me get acclimatized No problem. Here. I'm glad you got internet. Up. <laughs> this is a little, is a little touchy, but uh, hey, how, how fired up are you and everyone here for a new barn? Very. <laughs> Look at this place. It's time. It's time for a, uh, it's time for a uh, replacement. What, what's the expectation on that best case scenario? When uh, will you be in a new uh, 2026, booth? like three years from now would be best case. I'm going to say four years from now. 27-28 season. Have a great Hus, season, man. Was the awesome. pleasure was mine. Let's get you out to the peg sometime Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Good to be here. Uh, there's our pal, Pat Steinberg. You can uh, check him out on Flames Radio. He is the... Uh, he basically is the heart and soul of Sportsnet 960, and I had the pleasure of doing many shows with him over the last couple of years over on the station here. All right. Um, Kenny Weeb's going to join us in a minute. I did mention this off the top, but folks, don't forget, you still have a few days to jump in and get the last few remaining seats for our Winnipeg Sports Talk four-game pack for the Jets. Game number one is next Tuesday. We will welcome back Pierre-Luc Dubois and the LA Kings for game number one. Game number two is Connor McDavid and the Oilers in November. Game number three is the Leafs Saturday night in January. And we're going to finish it off with these two teams playing tonight in Winnipeg, a Thursday in April, in what could be a massive game heading towards the playoffs. Uh, all you need to do, click the link in the description um, or go to winnipegsports.com and click the link. 
375 taxes in for all four games. Uh, you're going to get a drink, a beer, a pop, or a soda, or a, a water with uh, with each game. That'll be done through your Winnipeg Jets app. And uh going to be awesome. We're going to get in a little bit early. We're going to gather in the bar outside our section. We'll do a few giveaways. And uh, most of all, have a great time and to get the WST crew together. So if you haven't already and you're thinking about it, don't wait any longer. Let's go. And uh, we'll see you on Tuesday for game number one of our WST pack. Hey, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market have great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and of course, six locations and online at myvita.ca with local delivery same day if you get your order in by 11 a.m. And a free gift when you place an order for 100 bucks or more at myvita.ca. And hey, don't let the stress of back to school or the upcoming holidays get you. Try Health First Ashwagandha Supreme, known for its stress-lowering effects. It's effective for reducing mental stress, anxiety, cortisol levels, and even stress-related food cravings. Health First Ashwagandha Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health, family-owned and operated since 1936 and carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. Pop by and see them at one of six locations and online at myvita.ca. Yeah. Hey, uh, your overhead door has had a lot of ups and downs this summer, getting your family to all that summer fun. But it's about to work a whole lot harder because um, winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. Um, shout out to our pals at F Apparel. Um, if you need to up your menswear game, gang, heading into uh, the new season, there's only one place to go. That is 190 Smith Street at F Apparel. The guys have custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And, hey, getting married or in a wedding party? Talk to the gang at F about a 15% discount when uh, the wedding party gets their suits at F Apparel. Pop down and see them, 190 Smith Street downtown. And you can make an appointment and uh, find out more online at F. That's EPHapparel.com. All right. Look who's here. Kenny Weeb himself joining us here. Weber, um, what's going on? How, uh, how are you? How are the travels? Are you ready for game number one of the season? Oh, yep. It's like Christmas for us, Huss. Um, great time of the year. I know you were watching a couple of the tilts last night, as was I. And yeah, I mean, it's that everyone in the NHL is at the same stretch, Huss. Whether it's coaches, players, preseason has its uh, value. We know what it's worth to most people. But now it's time to get moving here. It's time to let, let's go, right? I mean, you were you were in Minneapolis on the weekend. It's let's go time here for the <laughs> NHL. It was go time on the weekend. I can <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> it was go time for your Chiefs as well. So good, good on them. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's exciting. I mean, you walk into the building. It's got a good vibe to it. You know, they're giving away their you know first game giveaways. People are fired up. Can't wait for the opener. Players are so eager to get going, and then. There's a 16-minute ceremony, 
right? So, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, again, and not in all joking aside for ceremonies, there will be an emotional ceremony here inside the building. Uh, oh, of course. For as Chris they Snow. honor the Chris Snow family and Kelsey and the kids here this evening. So uh, that will be uh, an emotional thing to observe here, Huss, this evening for sure. Uh, I believe the memorial service is also tomorrow. So, um, you know, in terms of the hockey, it's a fun time of year. I think we're excited for everything to get going. I think the Jets players are excited. Uh, you know, Nikolai Ehlers is excited to be given the clearance, Huss, to be able to play. I know we've been discussing that the last few weeks, where are things at. He gave himself the clearance. Well, he did <laughs> He did get to giving himself the clearance, yes. But uh, he's eager to get going. Uh, his line mate, we spoke with Cole Perfetti this morning. He's eager to have his left winger. Uh, extraordinaire riding shotgun with him and Nino Niederreiter. And yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be a fun time for that line. I think. Okay. Listen, I want to get to that line and the season or expectations, but I mean, there's no way we can start this conversation without talking about the last 48 hours. (laughs) Um, yeah. Listen, I. <laughs> you probably saw the video of me in the Target. Um, Impressive. Impressive. Down. Hey, listen, the job hey. never stops. Just, the, uh, the people that say you only eat at Seven <laughs> Eleven, you showed them. You're in the vet. You're in the produce aisle. It's I was, impressive. I was only there because it was a better <laughs> spot to record. It was the <laughs> quietest yeah. spot in the building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people are all looking for the, you know, the Wonder Bars or what's it called? You can get in the states to come back the brownie Snickers or whatever. Oh, uh, it, it was a fortuitous amazing. time for Remus to go. He was hyperventilating when he called me Not on the surprised, bus. No. I mean, that is among the biggest news that has happened since the Winnipeg Jets came back. I mean, first off, I mean, fill us in on uh, your immediate reaction. I mean, look, we talked that there was a potential for Hellebuck. Yeah. I didn't hear a lot of talk about potentially Shifley at, like, at the same way. But before we get into the significance of this, um, what have you learned about how this all uh, all went down? Yeah, it's certainly interesting, Huss. I mean, especially, and I know I mentioned last Friday that I thought that there were probably going to be some talks with Shifley, but I, I was under no impression that it was imminent. And it's funny. Yeah, Monday, uh, they'd be uh, announcing uh, it. A buddy of mine during Monday's practice sent me a text saying, hey, what do you think about signings? I'm like, nothing's imminent, man. Just like, stand down. <laughs> and and afterward, he sent, he thought I was sending a smoke screen. I'm like, dude. No, I had no idea. (laughs) And just like everybody else, this kind of dropped in the lap in the afternoon. And like, you know, I was the last one at the rink. Um, You know, most other people went home to write. And I'm like, what's happening here? I'm like, you got to get in your car. You got to hustle. You got calls to make. You're trying to get quotes. And uh, honestly, it's a monumental moment for this franchise. And uh, is it is it Portage in Maine, uh, you know, WHA days? no. But, like, uh, outside of drafting Dale Howarchuk first overall, it, it's tough to find a bigger moment in 2.0 franchise history. It really is. And, uh, you know, us, I'm not one to exaggerate. <laughs> like, literally, these are two of the most important signings for the franchise in, in either 1.0, 2.0, WHA, any of it. Uh, not just because of the amounts being invested million for two players. Not just to any two players, two marquee franchise pillars who were drafted and developed by this franchise at premier positions that are almost impossible to fill from the outside. So outside, you know, yes, Connor Hellebuck is an anomaly. We know that. A fifth-round draft pick who becomes one of the best at his craft is very rare. 
But getting a number one center is very difficult. Like, look around. The, the Flames are trying to move heaven and earth like the Jets just did to get Elias Lindholm. Well, we just talked about with Pat for to do the same thing. It's an interesting similarities between these two teams and how different the situation is right. as we get ready to drop the puck after what happened on Monday and Tuesday. Wild and. Again, I, I understand the reactions, and you know this is not all rainbows and unicorns. No one is suggesting that it is, but there's always going to be risk attached to players signing contracts that kick in in their age 31 year. Father time is undefeated, but what we know are two things. Mark Shifley takes care of his body. Yes, there have been some injuries, but they've been more freak injuries, Huss. He, he takes care of his body well. Yes, Connor Hellbuck has carried a heavy workload, but that workload should be reduced as early as this year with Lauren Brassois being here. Uh, well, he's had a heavy workload, but he's never hurt. That's true. He has been an absolute workhorse. Touch wood. Touch wood. <laughs> um, so people can say whatever they want. And, and I understand the discourse and whatever else. And that's not to say that there are not faults for, for players. But, I mean, the fact that these guys came together at the same time and Connor Hellbuck kind of revealing they had talked a lot about it in the summertime and, and used each other to bounce ideas off of uh, is important. And, you know, something, you know, I've talked about before off air, the whole Howard Chuck connection. And we talked about it recently about what it meant to Mark to see how Dale is revered by his former teammates, being around those people leading into the ceremony uh, last year, seeing the family there, all of those things, seeing how fans like w- huddled around the statue last year when it was being unveiled. I mean, I, I think that really resonated with Mark and uh, people can say whatever they want. Oh, well, you know, he wasn't going to get it on the open market and whatever else. This guy committed to one place. And I, I love the fact that yesterday I had a chance to talk with Mark Chipman privately during you know one of the scrums and he said mark is our dale and he's not saying mark is immediately a hall of famer what he is saying is that he's the 2.0 version their first draft pick and mark told me yesterday chipman he did not want to see shifley leave the way that dale did and i I honestly I, i don't know this for a fact but i imagine that in one of the last conversations mark shifley and dale had Dale made it clear to Mark that he wished he had spent his entire career with the Winnipeg Jets. And obviously that is something that would resonate with Mark knowing the relationship that those two had had. Now, people can say that's just sentimentality, whatever else, only money talks. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But the fact that two players at premier positions who are homegrown players are committed to the organization for what should make them lifetime Jets is something for the market to celebrate. And again, that's not to say there aren't potential landmines down the road. There are. But for right now, and the Jets already made it clear, and Kevin Sheveldayoff doubled down on this yesterday, they are in win-now mode. The fact that two of their most important free agents and two of their most important players have signed on the dotted line for seven more years after this one, have no trade protection, and want to spend their careers in little old Winnipeg means something for the franchise. And there's other players like Adam Lowry, like Josh Morrissey, like Nikolai Ehlers, like Kyle Connor. Depending on what happens with their next deals, they could also be lifetime Jets. And in a market that has had if you want to call it trouble attracting free agent talent, go ahead to have homegrown stars and legit stars 
be committed to the marketplace is a step forward for the franchise moving forward at a time when they need some wind in their sails. No doubt about it. Uh, can we Winnipeg Free Press here with us on WinnipegSports.com? Live in Calgary. That, Live in Calgary. That. Live in Calgary at the Dome in what looks like a FEMA tent behind us, as Michael <laughs> Remus said. Um, listen, uh, I, I'm I'm so fascinated by how we got here, and not necessarily the last like what happened on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, listen, we know Elliot Friedman's the best in the biz, and I mean, I think you've said this. I mean, it was really clear that if we look at Mark Shifley's period of time in Winnipeg, yep, um, you know, there were some things that sort of went sour a little bit at times. Um, you know, in the end of the last couple of seasons, probably a good example of it. Um, and I think, and, and Elliot himself, I mean, I think this this is why this is so amazing that we're talking about this today. I mean, he and Merrick did their big, long thing talking about all the players. And, like, even yeah. as of, like, Monday morning, talking about saying, you know, I think they're going to go in and make another run at Hellebuck um, and potentially Shifley. But there was, I mean, kind of a disconnect on both sides. Like, I think the team needed to be convinced that it was the right thing to do like oh, there's all the sentimentality things like yes that's great but at a certain point you want a guy that's buying in that's yep. happy to be there and i think there were significant questions about that over the last couple of years what do you think and it was interesting i remember kevin shoveldayoff kind of saying to the insiders we're going to let this breathe a little bit we're going to yeah. let this go through the summer that obviously happened i think there were probably some i mean i'd love to have heard what those what those conversations were but how do you think they got from there to hear both both Mark and his representation, but also the Jets, um, because it certainly seems like they're very happy moving forward, and they have that sort of convincing. And be interesting to see how much this has to do with you know Adam Lowry being the new captain, Blake being gone, his spot, because we saw a little bit more of the early Mark Shifley, and who wouldn't be pumped when you're signing well, a deal sure. like that? But that's the guy that I think that they that they really need for this to be a good move for the team. For sure, Hassan. Yeah, I mean, the thing, sorry, I didn't answer the question last time, but three weeks ago, Mark Shifley, in his first availability, he used a much more pleasant term than Steven Stamkos, but the message was the same. There have been barely any negotiations, and that that caused a few of the spider senses to be tingling, Huss. So to go from there to three weeks down the road, a mammoth extension, Obviously, the talks got re-engaged. We know that Hellebuck, his representatives, Ray Petkow and Kevin Cheveldayoff, I think have been basically trying to get something going since about August and things kind of picked up in the last couple of weeks. But there's no doubt that in the last three weeks, Craig Oster and Kevin Cheveldayoff's time on the phone got a lot more frequent. And it really ramped up in the last stretch. I don't know where the idea for the matching contracts came from but i like it i think it's smart because now you don't have any you know he's more important than me and now you don't have any of that concern well, let me ask you this. what do you think to me there is so much significance mm -hmm. of both of these players buying in and doing it at that same value different positions for sure different players different uh representation yeah i mean I, that might have been the most stunning thing of all of it. You could have told me they got signed. I mean, well, but to do it together in that, I mean, that that sends a great message to the fan base, to For the sure. rest of the team, to the rest of the league that guys want to stay there. I mean, to me, that might be the most significant part of all of it, other than the fact that you've got the guys signed for the, the, the no, duration. And I agree completely. And, and, the, and the fact that, I mean, I, like I said, it's natural to think that because the Hellebuck 
conversations were happening earlier was that that what they got to the number where Hellebuck was comfortable at, and then maybe they went, you know, and said, "Okay, this is what it's going to be. We're not going above this number, right, Huss? I mean, I think I'd said to you about a month ago. I'm like, there were some whispers that Shifley was looking for nine or ten million on the open market. So the fact that they landed on eight point five, I think it's it's a win for the player. Obviously, both players are getting a significant raise. Now, could you argue could have potentially made more in the open market? argue all you want. It doesn't matter. There is no open market and there won't be an open market. And these were not sign and trades. And I, I know that people are going crazy in the chat rooms uh, on our show, on your show. Oh, this just makes them easier to trade. Like, <laughs> no, this is not a sign and trade. This is not sign and trade. This is to try to make these guys lifetime jets. Could something odd happen and that doesn't happen? Sure. Anything can happen. But these moves were made to make them lifetime jets. That the players had buy-in in itself. Hey, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And if I can make an extra 500000 than you as a player, most often those guys are trying to get that extra $500,000. And that's just the way it goes. That these two guys came together and made it work for them shows a, a real commitment on both sides. And us, as I wrote in my column today, it's one thing to lock down Shifley because you don't want the same thing to happen that happened to Dale. The one thing we know about the 1.0 Jets, they never had a Connor Hellebuck. With all due respect oh, to Bob Essenza, Nikolai Habby, Bulin, yeah. they never had an elite-level goaltender that could push them over the top like a Grant Fewer or any one of that magnitude from those times. And both Mark Chipman and Kevin Sheveldayoff said to me, it almost didn't make sense to do one without the other. And that really made it resonate with me. And I think that was must have been part of the pitch to the players. Because you're saying to Hellebuck, you know, great, you know, we might be able to give you $10 million, but then we can't. How are we going to fill the first-line center role? And if you have an elite goalie and you don't have a number one center, you can't win, right? This, this is simple. So the fact that both players were able to buy in from that made a ton of sense to me. And... It's a two-way commitment. Let's make no mistake here. This is not just players cashing in. They are making a commitment to the Jets, and the Jets have made a massive commitment to them and showing the market. And they, hey, make no mistake, they needed to show the marketplace that they were serious. There's, It's hard to imagine a bigger way of showing your market that you're serious than locking down the two pending UFAs that had the two biggest question marks surrounding them going into the year what do you think this uh how do you think this resonates within that locker room oh man i'll tell you right now if you're i mean i, I couldn't get it out of nino niederreiter but if you're nino niederreiter and you're brendan dylan and you're dylan Demello, you're like sign me up this is where i want to be right i mean of course there's things you got to sort out in terms of making the money work in the term but if you're a player in that room you the the direction is crystal clear. It's not, there's a big question mark, will Shifley, will Hellebuck, will one, will the other, will both be on the team beyond March 8th? Now there's no question about that. And I think we're going to get some questions on Niederreiter and Dylan or De, and or DeMello answered pretty quickly because it's just part of the puzzle that they're building. Those guys are still important players. And I think that Kevin Sheveldayoff wants to build on the momentum that he has from this deal by trying to lock down at least one, if not two or more of those players as they move forward. Uh, Kenny, let's uh, move on to uh, tonight. First of all, you're, I, I mentioned this at the start. I was looking forward to having you up here to ask you about this. Um, that seemed almost like a practice this morning uh, from the morning skate. Was that a little longer and more 
I don't want to say intensive, but um, yeah, how would just, that compare to some of the average ones? And I guess it is game number one of the season. You got everyone together, but uh, sometimes like the guys are just going out there and taking a twirl and out of here. That, that sure. was certainly not the case for the Winnipeg Jets this morning. Well, and the Flames did. They had an optional. So just as like by way of comparison, it kind of seemed a little bit more of an higher there, intensity. Yeah, nobody out there. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think it has just, just because of the way – the Jets had the illness rip through. They had the two-day bonding. They had the mayhem of the contract. So they've had a lot going on. So I just think that it was probably one of those things for Rick Bonus where he just wanted to kind of get the tempo up early. There was a lot of special teams work at the end. And the other part that people at home don't think about, the players will do their normal warm-up at, at 7.30 today or at 7.30 local, but the puck drop is going to be at 8.16. So... You're going to have a wide window where... Get a nap in, fans. Well, it's 9, 6, 9, 16, back Right, exactly. So what, what I mean is, and it's funny, Ryan Huska said it in the, his availability, you don't. You have to control your emotions because if you're getting all fired up when you know, the, the flames will be flying out and the, you know, everything's going to be going off in the announcements, if you, you know, if you are at peak efficiency at 9 o'clock p.m. Central time, you still got 60... You don't want to... Uh, go through the highest of the highs before the puck is even dropped. So I just think they wanted to kind of get a little bit of focus going on. And uh, I think the, everyone, both sides will be ready. And, you know, this is sort of just veer off here. I had a great talk with Adam Lowry. This is just a massive night for Adam Lowry, you know, raised in Calgary, most of his development in Calgary, you know, Bow Valley Minor Hockey Association, Calgary Buffaloes, all, all the teams that he played with, Coming to the Dome as a kid with his dad, who was a captain of the Flames, his first game as regular season, first regular season game as captain, will be in his hometown. His mom and his sister will be here, a ton of buddies, and it's going to just be a special moment. And, you know, again, this is not a free plug territory, but I'll have, I'll be writing on that topic for Friday in the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, it's just such a cool thing. And uh, talking with Jason Jaffrey yesterday, I talked with Mark Lamb, his Swift Current coach. Uh, Dave Lowry called me in the afternoon before their game to talk Did about Jaffrey how special. Did you know Adam as a kid? Well, they were in Swift Current together. And, uh, you know, I, I think there was, either, I don't know if there was overlap, but uh, Adam works at some of Jason's camps and stuff. Sure. So, and he was his two, roommate. Two of the best St. guys John's. I've ever met exactly. in hockey, I'll tell you that much. They were roommates at St. John's in Adam's first year when Jason was the captain. So oh, okay. they have a great connection in that regard. And just to hear the pride in Jason's voice and like being able to kind of show the way to someone who became a future NHL captain, you know, the way that, he was around. He talked about being around Mike Keene and Nolan Baumgartner and, and the great leaders he had been around. And he just kind of felt like that pay it forward. He was so proud to see that element of the pay it forward happen for someone. What's as, Jeff doing these days, by the way? He's scouting uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars amateur scouting. Uh, they got lots of busyness going uh, going on. Jackson Jack Jackson's playing AAA hockey, I believe, in Red Deer. Uh, Kennedy's still playing some fall fall ball. So uh, they're they're all doing awesome. It was a great chat with him yesterday and and even to, uh, you know, just folks all around are, are so happy for for Adam. I know we talked a ton about it when he got announced. And um, even Blake Wheeler was kind enough to uh, to provide a quote for the uh, for the piece, Huss. So uh, very complimentary. The, the past captain, uh, you know, passing the torch from 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 New York. Well, so it's, well, it's a cool what? moment. I'm glad you brought that up. And listen, I, I'm here to look to the future sure. and not dwell on the past. But I will say this. Um I think that, you know, while not a 
Sidney Crosby or a Connor McDavid type captain like some other teams have, I think Adam Lowry might be as important and impactful at bringing this team together for something that, you know, frankly has been has been missing, hasn't been good enough for a number of years. And listen, everyone wishes Blake well in his new spot in uh, in New York, but um, like I've said all along, I mean, this team doesn't just throw millions of dollars around for nothing. They spent $5.5 million because they felt it was necessary to move on, to have a new leader. And I think that Adam Lowry being the guy in that room right now, along with Josh and with Mark, especially now with this new um, with this new contract that he has, puts the team in a position to be as... Uh, let's just say as cohesive a unit on and off the ice. And I think that's something the organization has desired for a long time. And, uh, you know, he's going to have the C on his Jersey tonight, but he's the C 24 hours a day for this club. And, uh, I think they're uh, they're definitely going in the right direction. Yeah, and we talked about the parallels between the two teams. And just from talking both to media members and people who are around the Flames and even some of the players today, um, just the demeanor around the team is so different with, you know, they have a new coaching staff. There's sort of this, you know, enthusiasm around the team. It's the same for the Jets. Instead of there being kind of a, a cloud and question mark, now there's certainty and, and there's joy. And I, it just feels like it, it the vibes... We, you know, people have been bringing up the vibes, blah, blah, blah. Like the vibes are way more 2017, 18 than 2020 is how I would describe it. Hassan. And and that's good for the Winnipeg Jets because I think once they start raising the level of expectation and getting back to, you know, Adam talked this morning about the disappointment of their season ending in the first round, right? This, I mean, it's hard to make the playoffs, but this team's disappointed by how things ended last year, and they want to do something about it. And their chance to do something about it starts with a game against the Flames. But uh, I agree. It just like Josh Morrissey said it yesterday, this news is a jolt of energy. So between the captaincy and the contract signing, there's a lot of positive. Again, everyone, I get it. It's opening night. Everyone's fired up. The Chicago Blackhawks are in first place. They're fired up. That's not going to last. But it feels like there has the ability to be a sustained run of enthusiasm around this group. Where that takes them, that is up to them to show. But I agree with you. I think that Adam is going to steward the ship to a very good place. Um, Ken, we're dropping the puck tonight on the season. As far as the Jets go, any uh, any takes? Any uh, a breakout player? A guy that you think uh, maybe destined for a career year? Um, a- anything that you'd like to put on the record right now? <laughs> so as you always like to say, check the receipts. Yeah, check the receipts. My my receipts. I don't think it's necessarily a breakout player. There's lots of guys who I think it could have their own personal breakout. But uh, I really think that, and I think I said this last week. I I see Mark Shifley as being a you know 35 to 40 goal guy could be in the neighborhood of 90 points and I really think for the Jets to get back to where they want to be we're going to see something a lot closer to the Kyle Connor from two seasons ago that you know I know last year I'm speaking of receipts I called it for 50 a 50 burger for Kyle last year obviously that didn't turn out uh, I expect him to be you know 45 plus this year and you know whatever the points are the points are uh, and I also think it's a big year for Nikolai Ehlers obviously he has to stay healthy but this is a guy who had a great summer of training. Uh, nobody more frustrated with than him than with the inability to get into a game action. Uh, I think Nikolai Ehlers is going to have a big year as well. Uh, again, like I, thirty, mark him down for thirty pack, uh, and then we'll see what happens from there. We're actually going to hear from Nikolai Ehlers right away. Uh, 
my friend, great to see you. Here's to another great season. Yes, indeed. Looking forward to KNR tonight, late night. <laughs> KNR after dark in game uh, number one. We got to say a quick shout out. I mean, I know you've seen the same things, but uh, the pop up show numbers were bananas. Like for people to take the time either on Thanksgiving or in the days that followed. It, it just... Dinner was canceled, man. Dinner was canceled. At <laughs> no, that no, point. I still made Sorry. it. I Sorry. <laughs> I still made it to everyone. dinner before the food was served. But uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who was checking that out. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're pumped for the year. I mean, I know you are too. I mean, it's a, it's a fun time of year. The show, uh, everyone's jazzed. I know the sponsors are jazzed. The fans are jazzed. And it's, it's just fun to be able to be talking about hockey again. It's really good. Well, really good time you know what? And, and listen, I think this, uh, you know, what has taken place over the off season, certainly like, I don't think that you could have something that resonated more and got people more fired up and positive about the direction of the team than what's happened over the last couple of days. And uh, as I said before, you know, we've had all these questions about what do these players want and stuff. Guess what? They got the bag. They've signed the deal. <laughs> now play hockey. Now it's time to win some hockey games and to go out there and help their team win. So uh, it, um, it all starts tonight, uh, just after 9 p.m. in Winnipeg. Um, so it'll be a late night. You can always get KNR in the morning That's if you can't stay your, up for your too morning late. Walk. Yeah, that'll, exactly. be your, uh, that'll be your morning <laughs> spot over on YouTube, folks. You know where to find it. Uh, give them a sub as well. Thanks for having me, Ben. Great to see you, buddy. We'll uh, hopefully do this a few more times on the road this year. Love it. Can we Winnipeg Free Press? You know uh, where uh, where to find them, folks. And uh, Kenny and Rennie after the game today. All right. We are going to hear from Nikolai Ehlers. And I think maybe a little Bones as well. Um, but listen, uh, obviously, Bombers on the bye week this week. Um, and as much as the, the contract extensions of the season have sort of dominated the show, the uh, that Bomber game on Friday, I still, I'm still on a bit of a high for it. Cannot wait. Of course, Bombers can officially clinch the West with a win against the Edmonton Elks coming up on the 21st Saturday night. And that's a 6 o'clock start. You can finish up the game and then get in front of a TV and watch the Jets and Oilers, a little Winnipeg-Edmonton doubleheader um, that uh, that night. Of course, all our bomber reports brought to you by Princess Auto, where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. Shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Got a shout out my guys, Spicy Joe and the rest of the gang down at Consolidated Supply. What a summer they've had. Of course, they are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, and golf carts and vehicles from Club Car is the exclusive dealer in Manitoba. They've also got other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. And of course, they are the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see them. Consolidated Supply at their showroom. Open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East. Or find out more online at cte.ca. Uh, pucks dropping tonight, folks. Uh, if you haven't already got your uh, the latest addition to your Winnipeg Jet merch collection, you know where to do it. And that, of course, is Royal Sports at 750 Pembina Highway. Maybe you've been waiting to get a Connor Hellebuck or Mark Shifley jersey. Well, you don't need to worry about that any longer. Uh, but maybe a 13, Gabriel Velarde, number nine for Alex Iafallo. Even a 15 for Rasmus Kapari, of course, Royal can outfit you and get you set up with uh, all of the jerseys and tons of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. Not to mention National Football League, tons of bomber gear. 
and the biggest and best hockey selection in town as Winnipeg's undisputed hockey superstore, family-owned for over 40 years. It's all at Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Give them a follow on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And, uh, hey, I know it's a little bit of a late game tonight, but uh, tons of great hockey on. No better night to get out to your local Boston pizza Set up shop with the gang for a great night of hockey watching as the uh, NHL is back. And when you're at BP, you'll see the game on the big screen with big sound. Not to mention ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the Boston Pizza feature menu. If you are staying at home, though, with the late game, order online and get BP delivered fast and delicious to your place at bostonpizza.com. All right. Um, Reem, let's... uh. Now, we've got a little bit more from earlier today, and uh, we can get to that, but we just Ken and I were just speaking about Nikolai Ehlers, and I definitely did want to get in uh, some comments from Ehlers because you know he had been, well, when I woke up on Monday morning, my big concern was whether Ehlers was practicing and whether he'd be in the lineup for tonight. Obviously, that got sort of, uh, uh, that was a secondary, secondary question after the big announcement in the afternoon, uh, but Nikolai Ehlers is good to go tonight. And uh, here's what Ehlers had to say about the uh, last few days heading into the season opener of trying to get healthy. Uh, it's just been a lot of back and forth trying to figure out how to best deal with this thing and, and not make it blow up like it did in the beginning. Um, try to get it to settle down and make it feel good enough. So, um, yeah. How are you able to manage that? A lot of treatment. Uh, and try to stay as fit as possible to be ready to go. Um, and I think that we've done that pretty well. Um, so good enough for me to be ready to go. So There he is, big smile on Nikolai Ehlers' face, getting ready to uh, start off the season. On a line with Cole Perfetti, um, Ehlers talked a little bit about trying to build chemistry with Cole despite not being able to get out there in game action during the preseason. Well, I mean, we, we had, I know we didn't play together last season, but we know each other pretty well off, off the ice and, and on the ice that, that will come. You know, he's a, he's a really smart player. He's a great player. Um, I've watched every single game, so, um, you know, I try to see what he does in certain situations, and, and, and I'm going to try and use that in, in practice and in game to, to create that chemistry. So um, we're, uh, we're figuring things out out there. Yeah, I cannot wait to see how that line looks tonight right here at the Saddle Dome when the puck drops just uh, probably 15 minutes or so after 9 p.m., with the uh, first game of the season. Don't forget, home opener is Saturday, 3 p.m. Get your tickets if you haven't already, and that party in the plaza gets going on at noon. One more from, uh, well, a couple more from Ehlers, actually. More on Cole Perfetti. Here is Nick on uh, on Cole in the middle this year and his move to center on his line. To play center in this league is not its not an easy uh, position to play. Um, it's a lot of extra... Um, I wouldn't say work, but but you're when you play a full season at, at wing and now you got to play center again. You you gotta you gotta change your game a little bit. Um, but I think Nino and I are gonna do our best to to, to help him out as much as possible um, everywhere on the ice. So um, 
we're excited. We uh, we we feel good together, us three. So we're excited to get it going, and and obviously uh, they've gotten some games together, and and we've, we've as a line gotten some practices together. So uh, we'll figure it out. Seven good to go tonight for the season opener here in Calgary. Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti, along with Nino Niederreiter on the Jets' second line. One more from Ehlers. He uh, talked about his expectations for the season. Um, I think we we got a fast skating team um, that we're going to try and use as much as possible. That's our that's our biggest biggest strength. Um, we skate well, and we got to use that in every single situation. Um, so we're excited to finally get this season going. So there is Nikolai Ehlers. Now, um, I guess Bones spoke after practice today. But hey, uh, Reem? Yeah, Rick Bonus uh, spoke as well. I'm just getting those clips in. Did I get them? You have- yeah, well, we'll start off with the first one, number eight. Um, it is a bit uh, strange. And I'll be honest, I didn't even know this until... Um, Probably about, well, late last night, looking at and I was like, am I screwing up the time change? Is this a Winnipeg time? No, it's an 8 o'clock start here in Calgary, which is a 9 o'clock start. And, of course, season opener, the uh, player introductions. And as uh, Ken mentioned and uh, Pat mentioned, the uh, there definitely will be a, 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 a moment for um, for Craig Snow and the Snow family, or Chris Snow, excuse me, um, this, you know, the tragic news on the assistant GM of the Calgary Flames um, from uh, from the uh, the past few weeks. But uh, here's what Bones had to say about uh, getting his team ready for an 8 p.m. start tonight in Cowtown. You guys are veterans. They, we, they're, they're prepared for that. They know it's an 8 o'clock start, and I think it's a wonderful gesture by the Flames organization with the ceremonial draw pick for the Snow family. I think that's all great, and I think the guys have to respect that, and uh, you prepare yourself for that. That's all. Uh, it's not your typical day when it's an 8 o'clock game, but we've played enough of them over the years that it shouldn't be that big an adjustment. You talked about a lot of training camp about being aggressive and playing fast. What things do you look for in order to, to get to that, get to speed? The breakouts. Uh, we, we struggle when we don't get that puck moving north in a hurry. So that's the big part of moving, uh, getting playing fast. It starts there, and then it's all your puck management going through the neutral zone. Um, just making the right decision and taking advantage of what the opposition has given you, what's there, and not trying to force plays. Um, so once you get going north and once you get the breakouts, just keep going and uh, use our speed. And then when we lose it, use our speed to pressure the puck and get it back as quick as we can and counterattack. All right, so there's uh, Bones on uh, this 8 p.m. start. Um, we just heard from Nikolai Ehlers talking about Cole Perfetti moving back into the middle where he uh, played the majority of his junior career. He's been on the wing almost exclusively since graduating to the National Hockey League. But tonight, we'll be in the middle between Ehlers and Nino Niederreiter. Here is Bones on uh, Perfetti getting the start at center. Just remember, there's a young man that hasn't played a lot of hockey in the last three years with COVID and the two years of back-to-back injuries, nor has he played center. 
here, and nor has he had a game with his left winger Nick Healer. So we we have to keep the expectations uh, under control a little bit and allow the kid to grow. Uh, again, he hasn't played center. He hasn't played a lot of hockey in the last couple of years. Uh, we have full confidence that as the season goes on, he's just going to keep getting better and better. He's got a great hockey IQ. He's just got to get used to playing there. Um, and we talked again. Uh, He's going to see the opposition's best lines. So face-offs are important for him. Uh, being reliable defensively and his line mates, the whole line is, is, is going to be very, very important. Uh, um, but again, we're going, to, we're, we're going to let him grow. And there's going to be some growing pains. There's, there's no question. Again, it's his youth, it's his position, and the fact that he's missed a lot of hockey. But uh, we love a lot of the things that he brings to the table. And now we, we just have to let him grow. All right, so there's uh, Rick Bonus on uh, Cole Perfetti's challenge, uh, getting into the middle tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. One more from the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. This is something that, you know, Pat and I chopped up earlier today in the program with Pat Steinberg. Similarities between the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. Here's what Bones had to say on that. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, we, we know how close the Flames came to making the playoffs last year. Two points and 31 goal losses. So we know what we're up against tonight. And they've got a new coach and they've got a new atmosphere around the hockey club. And we know they both teams want to get off to a good start. We both had disappointing ends to our season. And we're both trying to get off to a very positive start. And it starts tonight. So this should be one heck of a hockey game. The, the announcer is going to have an easy job tonight because it's going to be a good game. <laughs> Gonna put the pressure on you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, bones with a few laughs with the fellas, putting the pressure on the media and the announcers for the game tonight. Uh, it should be a good one. Looking for a great crowd here in Calgary, and uh, lots of optimism, I'm sure, on both sides of the rink. With the Jets and the Flames starting it off on game number one of 82 games. Um, obviously disappointing that Billy Hanela won't be here with the club and won't be in the lineup. That's the the one, I guess, player we expected to see heading into the final preseason game, but obviously with the unfortunate injury to Vili, um, he won't be a possibility for a couple of months at least, but uh, hopefully he'll be uh, watching somewhere in Finland and uh, the team will be ready for him when he comes back. Um, Rio, do we have Lowry or should I maybe get into the cool bet lines and we can uh, finish off with Lowry? Yeah, get into the lines here first and I'll see what Lowry we can get. All right, perfect. Um. So let's do it, folks. Big night. Big night in the National Hockey League. Well, I tell you what, just quickly before I do that, I'm going to give a shout-out to our friends at Little Brown Jug because when all you Jet fans get to the building on Saturday, if you have not been to one of the preseason games, you will be pleasantly surprised because our favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug, is now a partner of the Winnipeg Jets and is available at Canada Life Centre. That's right. 1919 and generic lager available at the rink. Where to get it? Let me tell you. Um, you, Listen, when you get to the rink, you're definitely going to want to do a lap of the concourse, particularly the north concourse on the main level. Um, You will not recognize it from what it was last year. Um, Moxie's does not exist anymore. That entire area has been opened up. The uh, What is now the Ticketmaster Lounge is expanded as well. But Craft Beer Corner on the main level at the north end where you would remember Moxie's to be. And I know the YWG Burger is there, I believe, the 204 Burrito. Um, but listen, that's where you want to go. But also on the south end of the main level, you can also pick up Little Brown Jug. And 
For you uh, folks in the 300s, Craft Beer Corner is in the corner bar outside Section 310, which is uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump from the WST Section 316 and 317 and the corner bar there where we'll be getting together before next Tuesday's game. Of course, you can get the great taste of Little Brown Jug wherever they sell great beer, uh, but definitely the best place to do is to pop down and see him at the brewery and tap room on William Avenue. And uh, hey, I got to give a big shout out to Nick and Nikki DQ as well. Um, you know, we hit 10K uh, subs on Friday, and, you know, it made me even more thankful for the folks that have been with us since day one before we even did a show. And um, Nick and Nikki have been there since episode number one of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And uh, probably one of the most fa- popular um, sponsors for our fans or our uh, viewers and listeners to support um, because it's of how damn good it is. Four DQ locations for Nick and Nikki DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and the DQ in Neverville. And congrats to them on the new Pita Pit out in Neverville. Pita Pit's so good, healthy, fast, delicious. You can pop by and see them in Neverville. And if you do are looking for catering from Pita Pit, um, hit them up on X at Pita Pit Neverville. All right, let's get to these cool bet lines for tonight because we got a big, big night in the National Hockey League. We started off with the early games, and uh, we're going to see the Montreal Canadiens and the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs going at it. I don't know why my odds won't uh, aren't popping up right now. Uh, the Leafs, a big, big favorite on the Habs. Not too surprising. We're going to get a chance to see the Ottawa Senators as well. Ottawa, a plus 150 underdog at Carolina, who uh, comes in as a pretty significant favorite at minus 176. I think Ottawa is going to be a real fun team to watch uh, watch this year. First place in the league. That's the Chicago Blackhawks. What? Yep, they beat Pittsburgh last night. Uh, long odds tonight, though, against a very different-looking Boston Bruins team that we last saw on the ice in Game 7 against the Florida Panthers. Blackhawks, plus 255 underdogs. Bruins, minus 312. As we continue, we get to the Jets and Flames. And the Jets right now, a slight road underdog, plus 111. Calgary, a minus 131 favorite. Over-under in this game is 6 p.m. I did put together a little WST exclusive, which we'll get to in a minute. Other games tonight include the Avalanche and Kings. Kings plus 110 home dogs. Avalanche minus 129. And the Edmonton Oilers and Vancouver Canucks as well tonight, starting right around the time that the Jets and Flames will be getting going on with another all-Canadian matchup. Vancouver plus 127. And the Edmonton Oilers minus 150. Uh, but let's get to our exclusives tonight. And uh, all you need to do is head over, hit the exclusive section. And we do have a Winnipeg Sports Talk parlay tonight. Although it was here and now it's not there. Maybe it's under Lockshot Partner Parlay. Let's see. I wanted to get the, uh, well, listen, it may have gone down off the board, but it'll be back up there very soon. Um, and listen, all the vibes about the signings. How about big performances by 55 and 37 tonight? We've got a Jets win on the money line, a Mark Shifley goal, and Connor uh, Hellebuck with 28 or more saves. I believe that one's locked in at plus 700. Uh, check back at the exclusives over the course of the afternoon. 
to uh, to uh, get in on that if you want before game time. And, of course, tomorrow we do have an NFL game. The Kansas City Chiefs at home against the struggling Denver Broncos. Chiefs 10.5-point favorites. And, uh, hey, also last call for all those props. I did hit the Jets at over 94.5 points yesterday, and I think my favorite player prop was Josh Morrissey over points for the year. I believe the number was 56.5. So Josh Morrissey to get 57 or more points jumped on that one as well. Uh, but they've got Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and more goals, points, uh, and then, of course, props. And, hey, if you're down with Jay Fresh, and the Jets winning the President's Trophy. That number's dropped. That's 50 to 1. Jets 60 to 1 to win the cup. Um, but you can all get to that in the NHL futures section as well over at CoolBet. And of course, if you haven't already played at CoolBet, use the promo code WST. When you make your first deposit, we'll hook you up with a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks over at uh, cool bet great stuff uh what are you how are you feeling about this game tonight reem i don't know it seems like the jets always go into calgary and it's uh you know we think the jets are playing well and it's going to be a tough uh tight checking game so i think the jets can certainly win i was looking at uh DraftKings. um hellebuck was very cheap so maybe you're eyeing him maybe he gets a contract bump us i see people in chat yes. saying what did you have 28 okay. and a half Saves seems like a pretty reasonable number. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think I'll. I think I'll lean Jets here to win. But I mean, the preseason has wasn't exactly uh, didn't have their A game in the preseason. You hope they can flip a switch. You know, it's a regular season. They got the full lineup finally with Nikolai Ehlers back, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, goes tonight. What, what do you think about the Flames this year? I like the Flames. I like them for a bounce back season. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, very down year. Jonathan Huberto, I'm looking at the overs on him. I think he certainly had an adjustment, you know, just over, you know, mentally with the tr- with the trade. You know, you get the big contract, but I think you're in an unfamiliar place. You know, he's playing on up and down the lineup. Uh, he did not mesh with Daryl Sutter. I think he f- he said that he feels a lot better this year, more comfortable. I mean, Nazem Kadri too. I mean, you ha- when you have all this turnover, Hus, it's you know, it's not again. It's not fantasy hockey where you just plug a guy in and he can get off and running. Um, you know, you come in. There's a, certainly adjustments with players with fitting in. You know, that's two big, tri- you know, p- two big moves for everyone. Losing Gaudreau and Kachuk, bringing in Kadri and Huberto. I think they'll be more adjusted this season. So I think I think the Flames are going to compete for a playoff spot. That's why when he did uh, the WST pack, I said I want the Flames. I think they're going to be fighting for that wild card. I think the Flames are going to be. A good team. Markstrom, he's kind of, you know, every second year he has a good year. I think two years ago he was like one of the best goalies in the league. Last year uh, he was certainly not. And I think it'll be, I think the Flames are going to have a bounce back. It's funny, you look at, yeah, Markstrom two years ago, 922 save percentage. Uh, the year before, 904. The year before that, 918. Last year he was 892 save percentage. You like to see him get up a bit more. So I'm looking forward to seeing. Calgary, uh, Calgary this year. Although you look at their lineup, like I don't think, I think it's more of a balanced lineup. There's not that star power that they had with the uh, Gaudreau and Kachuk. Well, yeah, and I mean that line two years ago was the best line in hockey, and it yeah. wasn't even close. 
Um, you know, you had career years for all three players, Lindholm, Kachuk, and Gaudreau. Unfortunately for Calgary, Kachuk and Gaudreau were gone. Um, and now the big question is, um, you know, what uh, what the future holds for Lindholm. But here are the lines, as you can see on the screen. Huberto, who's uh, going to be uh, making the uh, playing the first game of his $10.5 million per season extension with Calgary, uh, along with Dylan Dubé and Elias Lindholm. Um, the newcomer, Jaeger Sharangovich, getting second line opportunity with the Naz Kadri and uh, Coronado. A new captain, Michael Backlund, playing with Mangiapani and Blake Coleman. And then uh, Ruzichka, Grieg, and Dewar, the fourth line. Um, great top pairing for Calgary. Rasmus Anderson, for my money, one of the best and most underrated defensemen in the league, playing with Noah Hannafin, Zadarov, and Mackenzie Weger. And uh, Osterley, along with Chris Tanev, and of course, Markstrom in the net. And as far as the Jets lines go, um, as expected, Mark Scheifele, Gabriel Velarde, and Kyle Connor will be the uh, scoring line number one. Number two, as we mentioned, Perfetti with Ehlers and Niederreiter. Um, and Alex Iafalo makes his NHL Jets debut today, along with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton, and another newcomer, Rasmus Kapari, with Morgan Barron and Vlad Nemetsnikov. Defense pairings, Morrissey DeMello, Samberg Pionk, Dylan and Schmidt, and you know who's tending the net. Of course, the uh, the rock of the Winnipeg Jets, Connor Hellebuck, getting the start tonight for Winnipeg. Um, you know, just before we finish up, and we're not going to be able to go long today because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this press box that I think I might need to evade, but um, would uh, love to hear. Do we have any of Adam Lowry? Do we just want to play whatever he had yeah, him and uh, we got, can uh, listen to it? Yeah, Big got, day for Lowry back in his hometown as Ken mentioned, uh, his first day as the captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, Adam Lowry, first game as captain, wearing the C in his hometown, Calgary. And I didn't ask him about that, but they did ask him about tonight's matchup versus the Calgary Flames. And here's Lowry. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of excitement in both rooms. Uh, long summers for both of us, I think. You look at both teams, we weren't satisfied with how we finished last year. Um, Calgary missed the playoffs. We were out in five, so... Uh, I think it, there's a lot of anticipation. Everyone wants to get underway. It's, you get through the preseason, and you know this is what you train all summer for: is to, to be ready for for game one and opening night. And uh, we're, we're excited. We, we've added a lot of new pieces to to our team, and uh, just trying to integrate them in and uh, yeah, get hit their ground running. I think everyone wants to get off to a fast start and feeling good about their game and kind of get to their game the quickest. So. Yeah, we're really looking forward to opening night. All right, so there's Adam Lowry on uh, opening night. And, uh, you know, there is a lot of continuity in the lineup, although, as I mentioned earlier with uh, Pat or Ken, if you go back to March 1st, like before the trade deadline, five of the Jet 12 forwards were not in that lineup right now. You've got the three guys coming over from the Kings in the PLD trade. Let's not forget about Nito Niederreiter and Vlad Nemetsnikov. That being said, there is still quite a bit of continuity in the lineup, and that's going to continue with the re-signings of Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck. Here's a Lowry on uh, continuing uh, to move forward with the group. Yeah, you know, I think it really helps when you have a lot of 
the same people returning and you know it really helps to integrate the the few new guys that, that you do get and you know I, I think being able to have Heli and Scheich sign long term and you know, it takes those questions away from us right off the bat and anytime you, you have one of the best goalies in the world you, you go into the year real confident uh, in your team and I think this year, um, with the guys we've added, we have a lot of depth up front. We're, we're really excited about that, and we really like our back end. They've got a good complement of size and skill and puck moving ability. So, um, you know, having, having the core here, it, it helps, you know, integrating those new guys, bringing them in, getting them on the same page. I think, you know, with a year under our belt, uh, under bones, and knowing the systems, knowing its expectations, it, uh, it certainly helps. All right, there's uh, there's Adam Lowry. And one more from the captain. He talked about uh, Cole Perfetti moving into the center and how and moving to center and how important Cole's going to be for the Winnipeg Jets this year. Second year can be a little tough sometimes because people know where you are. Yeah, you know what, I, I think he's he's such a smart player that you know, I kind of use that attribute. It's, it's going to be a change, certainly. I think there's... You know, going to be an adjustment period for him, moving from the wing to the center. Uh, a little more added responsibility, certainly. But we, we look at kind of the plays he can make in practice, the, the pace he plays with. Uh, you know, he's get, he's going to continue getting faster. He's going to continue getting stronger. And, you know, we're really excited about the potential that he has. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's important that, you know, the other centermen, the other older guys in the room kind of, you know, monitor and manage those ebbs and flows obviously there's going to be highs and lows through the season there's going to be stretches where he doesn't necessarily love his game but you know it's about reminding him of what makes him such a great player what makes him such a great teammate and you know trying to kind of help him get that consistency right off the bat because he's going to be such a huge part of our team all right there's the captain adam lowry of the winnipeg jets who are dropping the puck just after nine around 9 15 p.m winnipeg time to get this season going. I guess one more thing that we've got to do right now is a why not question of the day. And, you know, as we finish up this program going into the home opener, I think there's only one question to to throw it to Jet fans. Will the Winnipeg Jets make the playoffs? It's a very simple yes or no. Let us know in the why not question of the day brought to you by our friends at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. Let us know yes or no. Um, I'm feeling pretty positive about it, and even more so after Monday, Remo. Um, and, man, it sure would be great to get another whiteout and uh, see if this team can uh, um, progress further than they did last year when they uh, were bounced pretty quickly by the Vegas Golden Knights. Adam Lowry mentioned they didn't like the way they went out, and uh, today is the uh, the first opportunity to move past that and get off to a great start. Yeah, well, I actually just did a poll on that. I did a number of polls hustler and i said will the winnipeg jets make the playoffs 110 people voted 89 percent said yes 10 percent said no and i think when you do polls here i mean it's obviously a biased uh, sample of, of people um we did do some other polls i just did it throughout the show i said okay games played for nikolai ehlers under over over under 71.5 uh 74 percent of people say under 71.5 games, just we're playing the clips, talking about his injury a lot. That's certainly a big question. I think a lot of their success does hinge on, you know, the health of Nikolai Ehlers, a huge part of the team, second line. And we did that poll. Uh, that was based on Dom's from the Athletic, his projections. Just based, you know, I think he bases on the last three years, weighted more to, you know, the most recent season. 
Uh, Kyle Connor goals has I did over under thirty eight point five. I think that was the cool bet line thirty seven and a half. I just did one more because of the Jets bias in the chat. But a lot of people has over thirty eight point five seventy eight percent of one hundred forty seven <clears throat> votes. Twenty one percent think under thirty eight point five. And you mentioned the Josh Morrissey points. I can't scroll up, but I think Dom had yeah fifty eight points. He had seventy three last year, and a majority of people think. Josh, over 50. What number did you get Josh at? Uh, I think it was over 56 and a half. Okay, so yeah, I would pick over. I mean, he scored like 70-something last year. Well, he's so important. He'll be playing in every situation. He'll be on the power play. Um, And listen, they need him. I mean, this is a team that will definitely be leaning on him. Um, You know, I'm sure Billy Hano will add a little bit more offensive punch when he eventually gets into lineup at some point. Um, but this defense core is as it was to end the season last year. We all know the season that Josh Morrissey had. So uh, only one thing left to do is drop the puck. Oh, by the way, I know we didn't have to. I didn't talk about this uh, yet. Um, but <laughs> I think we just need to join the chorus of people asking the NHL what the hell they're doing. Um, like I was pretty outspoken. I thought that you know banning all the the, the specialty jerseys across the board was, uh, I mean, a ridiculous decision and frankly a pretty cowardly one. But I was straight up flabbergasted when I heard that the NHL has banned pride tape and pretty much anything else that you know uh, players can express anything this year. This just seems like one of the biggest overreactions of all time, but um, uh, not not a lot of public support for this one, Reem. Yeah, everyone's just like, "What? What are you guys doing? Like, what's the point of this? Who? Like, what was the meeting that they said, and what are they trying to accomplish?" Um, I don't understand what the big deal with ride tape is, and I see a lot of players, Scott Lawton today, saying, "Yeah, I'm just going to put it on, anyways." Like it's, and Brian Burke putting out a lengthy. A uh, lengthy statement today as well. Had to comment on this one. It seems idiotic and short-sighted. They just can't get out of their own way. I mean, listen, you know, forcing everyone to do it. Okay, fine. That's what they wanted to do. And and I will say, the media overall focused so much on Ivan Provorov and the small amount of players that, you know, James Reimer and whatnot that had an issue uh, and refused to wear the jersey. It became a big deal. But, I mean, the reaction to that just to cancel everything, especially, in, like, I just think in Winnipeg, never mind the great pride jerseys that they'd done before that nobody seemed to have an issue with ever in the multiple years that mm-hmm. they'd done it before. Now, all of a sudden, it's a big deal. But, like, last year, think of what the organization did. The Filipino Heritage Night, the South Asian Night, those jerseys were so cool. And, I mean, from talking to people from those communities, that really made a difference. And, you know, as this team tries to move forward, the changing demographics of our city, trying to build fans in those communities, it just seems like a big, big loss. But, I mean, that that pride tape thing, I'm like, are you serious? I thought it was a joke, to be honest with you. And uh, apparently it's not. So um, shout out to any of the uh, the NHLers who will kind of find a way one way or the other. Rasmus uh, Anderson, uh, you know, was quite outspoken about that yesterday. And uh you know, I know we focus on about, you know, a, such a small percentage of guys that for whatever reason have issues with, um, you know, equal treatment and uh, welcoming in people of, uh, of, uh, of different sexual orientations. Um, but it just seems like it's gone way over to the other side. And uh, 
not a lot of good PR for uh, for the National Hockey League. That's being said, it's game time tonight. We'll be getting ready for the Winnipeg Jets and Calgary Flames right here at the Saddle Dome. Um, Reno, do you want to show people why we've been using yeah. this background today? So a lot of people are like, oh, is Huss really there? It's like, I mean, pretty clearly a picture background. A lot of comments in chat about the Zamboni that hasn't moved or the Jumbotron that hasn't changed. But, like, you come in and, like, you're at, like, a tent at, like, Folk Fest uh, or something. Like, I don't know where you are, but here's the... I'm, I am in the press box. I am in like, the press this box. This is but so bizarre. this building... There it is. Yeah, Remus d- described it as a FEMA tent earlier, which like, what is I that? got a, a good kick, kick out of it. But because there's fans and everything behind here, I mean, this is a relatively compact building. Actually, here, let's we'll give you a live look just to show you, folks. Oh, cool. Oh, so you're we in are the... here. Here we are. There's the Zamboni getting ready for the game. We've got, uh, I think, some light uh, things that light up on the uh, on the seats as well. But uh, yeah, this is where Pat and Derek Wills is going to be doing the call tonight for uh, for the Flames broadcast. So shout out to Steinberg for uh, helping me out with the uh, internet and all this stuff. So there you have it. Yeah, live from the Saddle Dome, just to let you know that we're legit here. Oh, and I gotta say a quick hello to uh, a, a bunch of Jet fans that said hi to me on the uh, on the flight yesterday to Calgary, especially Cynthia Betancourt, who's a regular in chat. She was uh, she was all fired up to uh, to get out here, and I know she's actually on uh, some work stuff. But very nice talking to her and everybody that said hi it was uh, great to meet you all. And uh, there'll be a few Jets jerseys in this uh, in this one tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. It's a kind of a quick whirlwind getting here last night and being out early tomorrow to try to get back in time for the show, but did not want to miss this one. Game one of the season, the debut of Velarde, Ayafalo, Kupari, Adam Lowry's first game as the uh, captain of the Winnipeg Jets, and of course the first game after the massive contract extensions that will likely keep Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley as Winnipeg Jets for life. Only one thing left to do, folks, is drop the puck, although you might need a nap, so make sure you can stay up late for the game. Uh, you're certainly not going to want to miss this one. Um, Remo, great stuff back on your end there. I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Fingers crossed there's no delays in my flight, and I'm back in time for the start of the show. We'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, uh, folks, enjoy this one tonight. Um, exciting way to start it off and then get ready um, to get there on Saturday afternoon, Florida Panthers, 3 p.m. And then, of course, our first game, the WST section. Cannot wait. Next Tuesday, P.L. Dubois and the L.A. Kings coming to town and WST taking over. The bar at the 316 and 317 before the game. Hit the link in the description. If you've been thinking about it, jump on, grab one of the remaining seats. And, of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you can click that uh, at winnipegsports.com. We've got a link. Thanks to all of our sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks to everyone that joined us live on YouTube, everyone listening to the podcast. Here's to a great season on Winnipeg Sports Talk, and here's to a great season for the Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Enjoy the game. We'll see you tomorrow back in the peg to uh, break it all down and get ready for the home opener on Saturday. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. 
Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.